The third time's the charm. It might be a saying as old as time, but for the Ugly Bearcats, there's nothing stale about the 2022 football season. It's the day after Thanksgiving, and the entire thumb of Michigan has plenty to be thankful for. Family, friends, health, and maybe most importantly for today, they're Ugly Bearcats. As the orange and black faithful make their pilgrimage down to Ford Field, the anticipation builds and is only amplified by seeing the famous Block U flying amongst the skyline of Detroit. Today marks the third time in school history that Ubley has made it to the most sought-after destination in high school football, the state title game. 256 teams started out the playoffs just four weeks ago. Now, a month later, 16 teams remain in only two in Division 8. Ottawa Lake Whiteford in the Ubley Bearcats. What began as a dream in the hot summer months with conditioning and practices, the quest for a state title was soon underway as the regular season began. The Ubley Bearcats blasted their way through the regular season with a perfect 9-0 record and a running clock against each of their opponents. Their second straight conference title could have been enough for them to rest on their laurels, but the Bearcats had an appetite for so much more. The playoffs began and Ubley picked up right where they left off. As a result, the banks of the Cass River would become one of the most feared places in all of Michigan. The Bearcats would slash through the Panthers of Saginaw and a week later, it was the same story for Michigan Lutheran Seminary. Fowler would meet the same fate and Ubley would secure their fourth straight regional title. Mother Nature would throw 30 inches of snow at the Ubley Bearcats as they rolled into Petoskey, Michigan, but it would take just nine seconds for Ubley to continue their dominance with a 41-14 victory over Iron Mountain in the state semifinals. And now, the road to Ford Field is at its last stop. A perfect 13-0 record in tow, but the only thing that matters is one more win. Could it be? That the third time is the charm for the Ubley Bearcats as the quest for the Division 8 state championship begins now. The WLEW Sports Network presents the Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, and Dan Banky. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services. This one is for all the marbles. It's the granddaddy of them all, and it's a heavyweight bout between two undefeated teams, the Ottawa Lake Whiteford Bobcats and the Ubley Bearcats. Good morning, folks, from Ford Field in downtown Detroit, and welcome to the MHSA Division 8 State Championship. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, and I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for today's broadcast. Alongside of me, as always, is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hanson. Thank you, Clark. Happy to be here. Never take for granted a chance to call a game at Ford Field, especially when a state championship is on the line. What began with 57 teams in Division 8 this football season, 32 made the playoffs, and with every passing week, the crowd was thinned out more and more. Now, on the day after Thanksgiving, we are down to just the last two, Ottawa Lake Whiteford and the Elder Bearcats. And really, since day one, these two teams have been on a collision course. They have been number one and number two ranked in every rankings. It's finally time we get to see them meet head-on at Ford Field. Much like the Bearcats, the Whiteford Bobcats enter today's state final with a perfect 13-0 record. The 2017 state champions are looking to secure their second title in six years. They've got the offense and defense to do it. 
Impressive numbers. Sound familiar? This looks just like the numbers we've seen from an ugly Bearcats team we've been watching for weeks and weeks in dominating fashion. Maybe finally somebody that can compete with our Bearcats. For the first time all season, the ugly Bearcats did not put a running clock on their opponent last week. It was the closest thing to it with another dominating victory over Iron Mountain. Now the Orange and Black are looking to avenge two previous state final appearances and bring home that ever-elusive final trophy, the state championship. And I think with a few extra minutes on the clock, they probably would have scored that last touchdown to put a running clock up. But this team's been here before. They've been in cruise control, ready to dominate, and they are ready for this game. Before the state championship gets underway today, we'll host our media roundtable, take a look back at the road to Ford Field, and break down the game of the year. Whiteford and Ubley for the Division 8 state title, and it's right here on the WLEW Sports Network. Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Anger Valley Services. DS Services of Cass City for all of your great handling needs. Got a great heater in air conditioning of Bad Axe. Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns. North Star Bank, guiding the way. Here on Auto Parts, Countryside Transportation. Bayport State Bank, Ubley Motor Service, Smigelski Funeral Home, McVeigh Insurance Agency, Nutrient Egg Solutions, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and Sure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Anger Valley Services on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to AngerValleyServices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyrighted presentation of Thumb Broadcasting Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction without the express written consent of the WLEW Sports Network is strictly prohibited. The state championship game may kick off at 10 o'clock this morning, but in reality, it began well over four, five, and even 10 months ago. Not just with the start of the playoffs or even the first game of the season. The effort it takes to get to high school football's largest stage begins not long after the previous season concluded. A few weeks off and a head coach starts to reflect on what worked, what didn't, what needs to change, and what the future may hold. In fact, schedules for next year's seasons are currently being finalized this week already. It takes every single player's buy-in to drive the program forward. It starts in the weight room, which leads to game study, becoming true students of the game, which flows into off-season conditioning, seven-on-seven scrimmages, preseason camp, and then finally, the first week of the regular season. Similar to a broadcast prep schedule, by the time the actual game begins, the heavy lifting has already concluded, and the outcome of the game relies on the team's preparation. One person who has been on my side for 198 broadcasts would be the one and only Dave Hansen. Today marks our second time being able to call the game for you high above the field at Ford Field. Yeah, and like I said earlier, it's it's awesome to think that 198 broadcasts already, and we have already done a trip to Ford Field. So happy to be back and see another team get another shot at a state championship. We're one for one together That's calling true. games I'm field, hoping yes. that we can uh, there's some luck there and bring some kind of good omen to the LB Bearcats to keep our record clean at 2 and 2. And of course, two times at Ford Field now, this is our fourth state championship we've been able to call including A player football twice with Deckerville, one in Greenfield and then uh, our Greenville one in uh, Marquette. Yeah, up in the Superior Dome. Those are awesome. Two awesome games as well and 
the Eagles come up just a little short, but uh, fantastic games to watch and call as well. Two very different but very spectacular venues as well. Six upper thumb teams have been able to make it to this stage. Bad X made the first state finals appearance for the area back in 1978, but they fell just short to Forest Hills Northern, 18-16. Lakers made to the finals once, and they made it count in 1981, bringing home the Thumbs' first state championship when they defeated North Muskegon 15-6 some 41 years ago. The USA Patriots would bring home the Thumbs' next state title, beating Traverse City St. Francis 16-8 in 1998, and then would return again in 2004, St. Martin de Porres that time, winning 14-7. The Patriots return, would return the following year as well in 2005, but would fall short to St. Francis 28-14. Harbor Beach made their first appearance in the state title game back in 1991, but were blanked by Muskegon Catholic Central 34-0. They would avenge that loss in 2012 in the state semifinals Muskegon Catholic Central and then go on to defeat Beale City in the finals 35-10 for the Pirates' first state title in school history. That same year, Deckerville made it to the state championship in eight-player football and beat Bel Air 14-12 for the grand prize. Bill Brown's Eagles would return two more times in 16-17, and 17, but were unable to grab the final trophy either time. Then there is Ubley, who was making their third appearance in the state finals, first in 2008 when they lost to St. Francis 41-13, then again in 2020 with very few fans in the stands, falling short to Centerville 22-0, and now again in 2022, against Ottawa Lake Whiteford. Perhaps the third time will be the charm for the Ugly Bearcats. No question. And some of the kids on this roster were there for that Centerville game. So they have some experience. They've been there before. But this team is ready. There has not been anyone that has come close to to slowing this team down, to disrupting their flow. And on both sides of the ball, they get after it. Uh, There may not be four or five of the most talented players on the field, but they work together. They they get along fantastic. The communication is key, and they understand what they're trying to do on every single play. And those plays that get run correctly should get them three, four, and five yards. But then when you get that next level thinking, those running backs hit that hole, break one tackle, and they're gone. And we've seen big play after big play from an offense that really should be a grinded-out style, and it's been impressive to watch them turn that offense into big points in a hurry. You may hear Dave and myself throughout the entirety of the broadcast, but we are just the tip of the iceberg in the only visible portion of the final product that you hear. Behind us and in our ears, we have the absolute best of the best supporting us. Most radio crews, especially at the high school level, consist of two people, the play-by-play announcer and the color commentator. We're a little bit more complicated, as you can imagine, and in my opinion, it is what has enabled us to have the level of success that we've achieved is the team around us. We are a team of five individuals, myself, Clark Ramsey, the host for the broadcast, Dave Hansen with in-game analysis, and then there's the voices you only hear on occasion. One of those is our director of sports information, Doug Cole. Every week for a decade straight now, Doug has traveled to the Thumb of Michigan each and every week so he can provide us with real-time stats throughout the entire broadcast. But today, Doug actually had the shortest commute of all of us and just about 20 minutes from Livonia, Michigan. We will hear from Doug in a few segments due to our tight schedule this morning. Normally, I arrive to a field to begin setup around three, three and a half hours before, if not more. Today, we were first able to get into Ford Field at 8 a.m., so Doug and the rest of the crew are busy getting our ancillary system set up for our 10 a.m. kick today. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, so we have an extra monitor in 
front of us at all times. So everything Doug punches in in real time accumulates right in front of us. So that allows us to have that extra higher level of things to discuss throughout the game. It's not just us remembering that Mark Heilig scored three touchdowns last week and 200 yards and 12 carries. It is right in front of us. Thank you for Doug Cole for that information. Well, way to ruin the surprise there, Dave. Uh, absolutely. But he's worth every second of it, and it's nonstop action for him. And a lot of times he comes all the way up here to watch these games and he watches very little of it. He is constantly making a note, putting in some kind of statistical figure that we get to then report throughout the game, definitely at halftime and after the game. Um, so his work is vital to the information we get to relay back to you. Another voice you rarely hear on air is another reason why I consider our team to be the best in the business. Dan Banky is hands down the best spotter you will ever find at any level of football. I will put money on that. And he may not have been able to make it up to Petoskey last week for us, but he's with us this morning for his first trip to the MHSAA State Finals. And again, glad to have him as well. Completely different reasons. Um, he is a former player, understands the game, uh, especially the wing tee, because when he was in school uh, just a few years ago, uh, that was the offense that they ran, was the wing tee. So for us, helping understand what Ubley's trying to do, uh, I know for not to speak for you, Clark, but he's the understanding of what the offensive line's doing and where the guard's going and, and understanding where the play is going has helped us, you know, get the right player running the football because Ubley executes their fakes on every single play, like everything matters every single time, and it's very impressive. And he's able to keep an eye on that, tackles, where the play's going, what he thinks happening next. Uh, it's, it's next level. He's an excellent asset for us in the background. And the final member of our team today is our intern from Northwood University, Kendall Anthes. As the top student of the Dan Banky School of Football spotting, he certainly earned his stripes last week filling in for Dan Banky. And on top of that, he went above and beyond making sure our broadcast was ready for air, taking on the winter elements head-on for us in Petoskey. Oh, yeah, he saved us big time last week. But he's been a huge <laughs> asset because he has literally filled that role of utility player where he has literally done anything and everything we've needed. Um, he's filled in for, for Dan uh, like last week. Uh, he's helping set up and all those types of things. I could go on and on about the things that he has been asked to do throughout the, uh, the course of the season. And he's been a huge help, and I think he's had a good time doing it. Oh, I certainly agreed as well. And, of course, there is one other member of our team that would be Ed Klump. How else to describe him, our sideline reporter? Due to MHSA regulations, we are actually not allowed to have a sideline reporter roaming the sidelines at the state final. So instead, Ed is at home, likely protecting any Thanksgiving leftovers from any possible intruders. We certainly wish he was here with us instead, though. Absolutely. Uh, I think there's a way where we could have uh, slipped him in in some ugly gear and been right on uh, Eric Sweeney's uh, back pocket all true, game long. True. But uh, it's a big game. We'll, we'll respect the rules, but we love having him. Uh, again, if you, there's not many words to describe Ed uh, other than absolutely entertaining at all times. But you got to meet him and hang out with him. He's a blast, and we'll miss him. And uh, hopefully we uh, can utilize him in the future. I think so. It's the MHSA Division Eight State Championship, Whiteford against Ubley. The entire road to Ford Field has been right here on Sports Radio 1021 in live worldwide at WLWSports.com. When we return, we would normally host our media roundtable, but due to our schedule, that will be later in our pregame coverage. Up next, we'll look at Ubley's opponent today, the Ottawa Lake Whiteford Bobcats. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network being powered by Agar Valley Services.
as you'd expect when you get to this late in the football season, today's level of competition is at its highest point. In the final Associated Press poll, the Whiteford Bobcats were at the top of the list at number one. Right behind them, the Ubley Bearcats. Whiteford won the 2017 State Champions in Division 8 in much like Ubley. They're making their third appearance here at Ford Field today. At the helm of the Bobcat program is a first-year head coach in Todd Thiekin. But don't let that rookie moniker fool you. In a similar situation to the Ubley coaching staff, Thiekin has been a part of this program for a number of years. No doubt about it. First-year head coach, obviously sitting at 13-0, replaced head coach Jason Mensing, who left to take the Westland John Glenn job. However, his entire staff stayed at Whiteford. They promoted Coach Thiekin. He was the defensive coordinator since 2016. Uh, Ten years at the helm was Jason Mensing. He did win that state title. He was there twice. He's won four league titles, four district championships, and four regional titles. Uh, obviously had a lot of success on his way out uh, to Westland John Glenn. And just another example of the similarities between Whiteford and Ubley, almost mirrored programs as far as their success and how they do things as well. Tom Thiegan may have a defensive mentality, but his offense is one of the most high-powered in the entire state of Michigan, and that starts with his quarterback. Shea Ruddy has been under center for all four years of high school and is making his 45th start on varsity today. He's a dual-threat quarterback who has broken nearly every single school record at Whiteford. Sound familiar, right? It sounds familiar. <laughs> Again, eerie similar how these teams are. Shea Ruddy, 5'10", 165-pound senior, plays defensive back as well, uh, has attempted 59 passes this year, completed 58 of them, about a 59% completion percentage, 1,100 yards passing, 19 touchdowns on the year, uh, 7.5 attempts a game, 4.5 completions, averages about 19 yards of completion. So his passing plays... They mean something. They're big plays. He can scramble. He's the third leading rusher on the team with 700 yards and 17 touchdowns. Against Clarkson Evers, for example, he had 12 carries, 415 yards, and four touchdowns on the ground. And I think the key thing for him is he can kind of do it all very much like Evan Peruski can for Ubley. So a lot of similarities. Fourth-year starter Shea Ruddy needs just two yards, Clark, to break the school record for most yards by a quarterback in a career with 4,340. And by the way, he's got 52 touchdowns. Not bad. Not bad Not at bad. all. Whiteford's base offense is the double wing, similar to what you would see Bad Axe run, but put it on steroids. It's fast-tempoed and sometimes, a lot of times, no huddle. From the time the ball is placed, Whiteford snaps the ball within 12 seconds on average with the team at the line for just two seconds. Leading the rushing attack for Whiteford is a two-headed monster in Jake Iatt in Hunter DeBar. Yeah, eerie similar backs, too. Three-year starters, both just juniors, by the way. Both of them have 130-some carries and 1,100 yards on the season. Almost identical. Now, Iatt's the guy that scores the touchdowns. He's got 21 of them to DeBar's just 10, but they both average just about the same at eight yards a carry. They can beat you. They're equal backs. They can beat you around the outside. They can beat you up the middle. You don't know which one's coming next. So very versatile team with a lot of different weapons to choose from. Shea Ruddy has three main targets in the passing attack, combining for 18 scores this entire season. Yeah, he's got three guys that have caught double-digit passes. Uh, Colby Masserent, Hunter DeBar, and Ryan Ruddy is uh, the three guys that have caught the most passes. Uh, 
All of them average about 300 yards receiving and 18 touchdowns between the three of them, all averaging about 20 yards a catch. Again, extremely consistent. Everything's even. Nobody really stands out. Uh, I would say Ruddy, though, Ryan Ruddy, has eight touchdowns leading that pack, but he's got the least amount of catches of those three. So any one of them can beat you off the edge, down the field. Those tight ends slip out of the backfield and uh, can make big plays down the field if this team needs it. Defensively, Whiteford is allowing just 12 points per game on the defensive side of the ball and has a stop-the-run-first mentality. They have 68 tackles for losses on the year, 37 sacks, 12 interceptions, and 15 fumbles. And to no surprise, Jake Iatt is that linebacker on the other side of the ball that does a lot of it. He's been involved in 192 tackles and leads the team with 14 tackles for loss, 7 sacks, and recovered 5 of those loose fumbles. Not bad. That is the guy in the middle of the field that is going to be crucial for for Whiteford if they have any chance of stopping this high-powered, ugly running game. In last week's state semifinal game, Whiteford picked off two straight passes from Everest, which both resulted in eventual scores. Everest actually scored first in that game against Whiteford, but then Whiteford laid on 44 straight points to book a trip to Ford Field. Last year, the Bobcats lost in the state semifinals to the eventual 2021 state champion, Hudson, by just one score, and that was 28-22 to in favor of Hudson. Keep it locked on your home for high school football. Up next, we'll shift our attention to the Ubley Bearcats. It's on your home for the entire postseason run, the WLW Sports Network. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. With Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Dan Banke, and Kendall Anthus high atop the field in Ford Field in downtown Detroit. For the second time in three years and the third time since 2008, the LB Bearcats are back at the largest stage for high school football, the state championship. With a perfect 13-0 record in tow, Ubley has already broken the school record for most points scored in a season, edging out their 2008 run to the finals by two points already at 631 points in one less game. Leading the Bearcat program is third-year head coach Eric Sweeney. That's right. Head coach Eric Sweeney has 34-4 and record, winning 89% of his games. He replaced head coach Bill Sweeney. Bill won five regional titles in nine seasons. Eric Sweeney has won three regional titles in all three seasons that he's coached. And and apparently you have to have the last name Sweeney to be able to lead this team to a state championship because in 2008, 2020, and 22, the coaches, Coach Sweeney's were in charge of those teams. And, uh, again, this one here, a third chance, hopefully a third time is a charm to win that title. From the eye test, one would say that Evan Prusky would be the leader of this ugly squad, and they would be correct. The stat book might say otherwise, but that's because Eric Sweeney really hasn't had to rely on the junior play caller to accumulate 13 wins and 13 tries. Regardless, Sweeney has a quarterback that is making his 38th start, and he's still just a junior. Yeah, it's hard to believe that he is still just a junior, and just at the top of his game, but they've utilized him less. He's got about 40 less carries from last year, a hundred more yards, though. Uh, a 1,000-yard rusher last year. 17 touchdowns on the season, 1,100 yards this year, 
20 touchdowns to boot. So, again, using him less has created him to become even more of a big play threat, averaging 16 yards a carry. And through the air, he only attempted 38 passes last year. Make that just 20 this year. Big difference, he completed 55% of his passes last year. This year, he's at 75% completion percentage. He's just got 300 yards this year and five touchdowns, but averages 21 yards a, a completion. And that's really the biggest thing is when he drops back to throw, 75% of the time, he is completing that pass, and that is moving the chains. That is really busting the back of a defense. Last week against Iron Mountain in that crazy weather, that game you'll never forget, just four carries for five yards, did not attempt a single pass because attacking the outside was not an option. You had to go north and south in that game, which eliminates his ability to beat you on the outside, but it didn't matter. The Albany Bearcats won that game big. By now, I'm quite sure that the entire state of Michigan knows that Albany is a run-first team. And frankly, they are a run second and run third team as well. The Ubley Bearcats have run 477 plays of offense with 457 of those on the ground. Collectively as a team, Ubley averages more than just a first down every time they carry the ball with a 10.7 yard average per down. 4,875 yards have been mustered for the Bearcats this season on just 457 totes, resulting in 81 touchdowns. Unbelievable numbers. Uh, impressive isn't even the right word. It's, an, uh, it's a, a shame to say it. that's the word. It's got to be better than that. But it starts with Mark Heilig, senior running back. He's the explosive back, the do-it-all back for him. 120 carries on the year, 1,300 yards, 29 touchdowns. Had 18 carries for 200 yards and three touchdowns last week against Iron Mountain. Aiden Makoviak is the second leading ball carrier in his team. He's that true fullback in the middle of the tee. He's had 900 yards and 13 touchdowns. He also had three touchdowns and 144 yards last week against Iron Mountain. And Seth Maurer is that change of pace back, 70 carries on the year, 12 touchdowns. He, all against MLS, had a really nice game, just seven carries, but 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. But you can see this offense starts with High League. It bounces back with Makoviak. And just when you think you got an idea what's coming, Seth Maurer or Evan Peruski keeps it on the other side, and you're completely fooled. With not much surprise, Ubley didn't even attempt a pass in the snow globe that was Petoskey, Michigan, last weekend. But that's not an anomaly. Ubley has attempted a pass in just eight of their 13 games this season with a 75% completion rate. Despite low numbers, it's still a threat that opponents of the Bearcats will have to take seriously. Definitely, because it brings Luke Vollmering into play. A sophomore, he's got nine of those catches for 170 yards and four touchdowns, averages just under 20 yards a completion. Mark Heilig is the next leading receiver with just three catches. Now he's turned him into 64 yards and a score, but those two guys have caught a bulk of the passes, and for obvious reasons. If when you run the wing tee, you're still selling those fakes and running play action out of it. So it's a tight end that leaks down the middle of the field, and then Mark Heidlick slips out of the backfield as your check down back. So it should make a lot of sense there, your leading backs. Um, Caden Ozentoski, Chris Oswald, and Seth Maurer each have caught a pass, but for the most part, those are the two guys that will be a threat in the passing game, and I would be shocked if you didn't see at least one pass out of them today just to keep the Bobcat defense thinking about it. And better weather. 
<laughs> well, a perfectly controlled temperature weather day for sure. Defensively, the Bearcats are allowing seven points per game. Last week's game was the first time that Ubley has not put a running clock on their opponent, winning by just a measly 27 points. Yeah, they struggled last yeah, week, right? I terrible. mean, that's just terrible. Just should be dis- but, uh, disappointed themselves. Dominating fashion, as always. Um, in quarter one this year alone, the Ubley Bearcats have allowed 13 total points. I mean, think about that. 13 games later, 12, 13 games later, doesn't matter. 13 points allowed in the first quarter, just seven allowed in quarter two and all of their games cumulatively in quarter two seven points allowed it's i just can't fathom that number it's just goes to show how dominant they've been reinforcing that number and meanwhile on the other side of the ball in quarter one the bearcats have scored 264 points and they've scored another 215 in quarter two that's 481 points scored in the first half just 20 allowed not bad not bad. I think that's you, why we're in Ford Field today. That's exactly why we're in Ford Field, and this Bearcat team has an excellent chance, as good a chance as they've ever had to win a state championship this year. It's the state championship, Whiteford against Ubley. Keep it locked on your home for high school football. Up next, we'll do a direct comparison look between the Ubley Bearcats and the Whiteford Bobcats. It's all on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network. morning, folks, and it's time for football. It is the state championship from Ford Field, high atop the field here from Press Row at Ford Field in downtown Detroit on the WLW Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Dan Banke, and Kendall Anthos with your call today from the MHSA Division 8 state championship. As the crow flies, 139 miles separate Ottawa Lake, Whiteford, and Ubley High Schools. Last week, Iron Mountain was a sneeze away from Wisconsin. This week, Whiteford is a stone's throw from Toledo, with a high school just three miles from the Ohio border. Whiteford's commute today to Ford Field just took over about an hour up US-23 and across I-94. For Ubley, it's about a two-hour and ten-minute drive. In regards to school size, Whiteford High School is the sixth largest school in the Division Eight playoffs. Ubley is the ninth smallest. Whiteford with 262 students, Ubley at 192. So by going by student enrollment, it's Whiteford by 70 students. Whiteford has played just one Greater Thumb Conference school. If you'd like to even count them as one, Memphis is their only Greater Thumb Conference team they've played, defeating the Yellow Jackets in true Greater Thumb Conference fashion, 42-8. Whiteford has won their conference, the Tri-County Conference, a total of six times, five of them coming in the last seven years. Ubley has won the league title six times, including the last two years in a row. Offensively, for the first time all season, Ubley has the statistically less potent offense, despite having scored at least six touchdowns in every single game this season. The Bearcats are averaging 48 and a half per game, while Whiteford is at 49, flat. So on the offensive side of the ball, it is Whiteford by a half a point. On the other side of the ball, both Ubley and Whiteford have had their way with opponents this season, Ubley has not allowed any foe to score more than twice in them in a game, while giving up a total of just three touchdowns in the first half of the entire season. Whiteford is close behind at 12.1 per game, 
In the playoff run, the average score for the Bobley Bearcats has been 47 to 10. For Whiteford, it's 50 to 18. So defensively, in stats only, it's Bobley favored by 2.6 points. Las Vegas has set their line for the game. They're confident in that line unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University in sports and Qatar bribing, excuse me, wagering departments are factoring in all possibilities, stats, injury, weather, and location. The spread for today's game sits at Ubley, 12.5 points. Today is the 330th day of the year. Means just five weeks until the new year. Dave, have any plans for the new year? No, I've been so focused on being at Ford Field this year. That's I haven't very even true. thought about it. That's very true. Well, we'd like to say hello to all our listeners tuned in today. I think I'll be spending my time with my wife. I feel like I haven't seen her in weeks now. That but makes two of us. <laughs> whether Well, we'd like to say hello to everyone out there, whether you're on your way to the game, out running errands, or perhaps looking up when the last time the Detroit Lions won three games in a row, which is 2017 if you're curious. But, Dave, that leads me to this week's trivia question about the home of the Detroit Lions, Ford Field. All right, sounds yeah, good. Let's yeah, do I it. I figure to keep it semi-football related today. And we'll, a, we'll see about that. Yeah, <laughs> it gets obscure quickly. But a, approved back in actually 1996, I was surprised by that number, groundbreaking for a new dome stadium in downtown Detroit took place on November 16th, 1999, and opened in the fall of 2002, already 20 years old. With a capacity of 65,000 people for a football game, it's tied for the third smallest venue in the entire National Football League with Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, while State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona are the second smallest in Soldier Stadium. Soldier Field is the smallest in Chicago with a capacity of 61,500. My first question to you, Dave, is what is the what NFL stadium has the largest capacity? So, I I first team that came to mind was Green Bay, but um, I just can't get past the guy that just likes his name in the lights in the biggest stadium. So I'm going to go Clark Ramsey. Jerry. No, I'll go with Jerry Jones and Jerry World in Dallas. You're very close. It's actually MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Really? East Rutherford, New Jersey, home of the New York Giants in New York Jets. And with a capacity of 82,500, it's the largest in the NFL. With Lambeau Field, a close second. You're very close at 81,441. And then Jerry World in Arlington, Texas at 80,000, home of the Dallas Cowboys. Still 80,000, plenty large. Ford Field had a price tag of $500 million, with the Ford family paying for just 49% of it. The rest coming from public funds. One of the most unique things incorporated into the design of Ford Field was using an existing 1920s warehouse structure for the club suites and press area. My second question, Dave, is what famous brand was the warehouse home to? Looking for the brand of the warehouse that the Ford Field is now part of. Yeah, remember when you said this might get obscure? <laughs> I, think, I, think I, found, I think I found that exact spot. I I don't have a clue what brand to even go with. Now. Hudson's. Hudson's. Okay. Hudson's, of course, uh, has gone defunct now, but it served as the main warehouse for the second largest department store in America, which was Hudson's, which was just down the road on Woodward Avenue. Hudson's was second only in size to Macy's in New York. Hudson's, though, was the tallest department store in the world. In 1954, Hudson's had sales of more than $163 million, which in today's dollars is the equivalent of $1.8 Billion, billion with a B, $1.8 billion in sales in 1954. Hence why they needed a massive warehouse just up the road. And speaking of storing up enough energy for the state championship, <laughs> Dave, what are your three keys to today's game? Well, let's start with the uh, the quarterback position. I think the LB Bearcats, after last week, 
need to establish Evan Peruski early. Uh, four carries, five yards is not a standard game for him. Uh, but he was not able to take advantage of the situation with the weather. I think he is a key to get going early. Uh, second key, the LB Bearcats have to stay confident. They have to remain in the game plan, continue to work hard, make tackles, don't make mistakes, and good things happen. And my third thought for the game is to avoid shell shock. This team has never trailed in a game yet. Uh, they've never been threatened in a game yet. So it's not out of realm to see Ottawa Lake win the toss, take the ball, and then go down the field and score and quiet that crowd and silence the team. You can't be worried about that. This is a state championship game. This team probably is going to score a touchdown or two. No big deal. Get your offense on the field, get that touchdown right back, and defensively make those adjustments on the fly because that's what your team does best. So avoid that shell shock of having somebody actually score on you and compete with you in the first half, and I think the Albany Bearcats will be just fine. It's time for a short break, and when we return, we'll have everyone's favorite segment, the Media Roundtable, presented by Thompson Chevrolet, the official Chevy dealership of the WLW Sports Network and supplying our ride all season long. Kickoff at 10 a.m., and you're listening to the WLW Sports Network's presentation of the Division 8 State Championship on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Dan Benke, and Kendall Anthos with your call today. High atop the field in Ford Field in downtown Detroit. It's the state championship, and it's now time for the Media Roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley. If you're looking for the latest models from Chevrolet, look no further than the north end of Ubley at Thompson Chevrolet Find New Roads. Join me today from the Huron County View, the Nathaniel Hackett of the Media Roundtable, Paul P. Adams. Our Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole. The 2003 North American Asparagus Eating Champion, Ed Klump. Our intern from Northwood University and top spotter and student of the Dan Banky School Football Spotting, Kendall Anthos. The top spotter south of Copper Harbor, Michigan, Dan Banky, and the back-to-backs champion of the Meteor on Table, Dave Hansen. Throughout the entire broadcast season, we will keep score of our game's predictions. When that time comes, we'll deem a Meteor Round Table winner. Despite the season not being over yet, Dave Hansen has mathematically secured the championship, winning six of the previous 13 weeks' broadcasts. And that's not the news of today. In last week's game, our intern, Kendall Anthes, snagged his first ever Meteor Round Table victory. Yes, congratulations to Kendall. He uh, almost nailed it right on. But uh, yes, uh, this uh, this Meteor Round Table is now just for statistics. So uh, good luck, gentlemen. Let's enjoy this one from Ford Field. So, how it works each Meteor representative picks a winner and a final score for this week's feature game of the W at LWS. Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner of the night, Clark Ramsey will graciously accept the victory for the week. Since Kendall won last week, he will go last. So today's order is Ed Klump, Dan Banky, Doug Cole, Dave Hansen, Paul Adams, and then Kendall Anthos. Ed Klump could not be with us today, and he's taking his standard pick of 28 to 13. And now we check in with Dan Banky. Well, let me take let me get you on here first. One second, go ahead. Yeah, that's typical for Ed. Uh, he, he gets one number, and that's where he sticks. So, um, with that said, uh, really like Ubley's chances here today. Um, seen a little fi- film on uh, Whiteford, and uh, 
Boy, the team they played not too long ago ran all over them, running the same exact offense as Ubley. So I think Ubley's just going to have a field day on them, um, probably maybe give up one touchdown. So I'm going 35-6. Uh, to 35-6. to six. Yep. So... 29-point victory for the Ubley Bearcats, yes. uh, Clark, if you can under you got that one there. What was that? I, I missed that. I'm sorry. 35-6, to six, Mr. Banky chose. 35-6. to six. Okay. So by 29 points. Uh, Doug Cole. Oh, yeah. It's, it's an exciting game. It's, I think this is going to be an exciting game, uh, ho hopefully. I think uh, Ubley is uh, um, going to be too dominant for uh, the Bobcats here. I got Ubley winning this game. 35 to 14. 35 to 14. Okay, so things are looking good for the Ubley Bearcats thus far. Dave Hansen. You know, so uh, we spent a lot of time watching the White Pigeon tape, actually, a couple weeks ago in Ottawa Lake, and uh, White Pigeon ran the tee, and they had a ton of success. And maybe not the big 40, 50-yard chunk plays, but four, five, and six yards of crack with the wing tee. And we know nobody runs it better than the Ubley Bearcats, so so I agree. I, I think the Ubley Bearcats are in good shape. I do think they give up a couple touchdowns. Ottawa Lake, respectfully, uh, can score some points. I don't think they can stop the Bearcats either. Um, I have the Ubley Bearcats winning 42 to 20. 42 to 20. Okay, so 42 to 20, 22 points for Dave Hansen. We caught up with Paul Adams earlier, and as able to record his pick, here's what he had to say. It's almost 10 years to the day since Heron County crowned its last high school football champion here at Ford Field, and I think uh, today we're going to have another one. Uh, much like 10 years ago when Harbor Beach won, that was the first one in program history. I, I do believe the third time is going to be the charm for Ubley. Uh, it's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, this Ottawa Lake Whiteford team, they're legit. This is going to be the toughest challenge that Ubley has to date. But I think we haven't seen Ubley at its full potential yet. Ubley at its full potential, I think, is going to be unstoppable. I think Ubley's going to have to maybe get a couple of breaks early. If they can get momentum rolling early in this game, I think it could be a lot like what we've seen throughout the playoffs. Once Ubley gets going, they get the other team on their heels, and then it's almost impossible for them to, to really get caught up. If Ubley gets this lead, I think they maintain the lead. Uh, all season, Ubley has scored at least six touchdowns. I think that trend continues today. I'm going to go Ubley, 42, Ottawa Lake Whiteford, 28. 42 to 28, according to Paul P. Adams, and that leaves Kendall Anthus. Who will get our pick? Uh, he had to step out for a moment. He's doing his intern duties and has this. He's our runner for this afternoon. All right. Uh, well, that is the media round table. So the experts have spoken and all taking the Ubley Bearcats. Ed Klump taking Ubley by 15 points, 28 to 13. Dan Banky taking Ubley by 29 points, 35 to 6. Doug Cole taking Ubley 35 to 14 by 21. Dave Hansen at 22 points, 42 to 20. And Paul Adams 42 to 28 by 14 points. Good luck, gentlemen. I'm sure Kendall Anthes is taking Ubley as well. Yeah, I, he, he said he definitely was. Uh, and again, I, I'm, I'm super excited about this game. I, I really think the Ubley Bearcats have as good a chance as they've ever had in their three chances to get a state championship. This one, no better than that. We're cautiously optimistic, but we liked what we saw on tape. We've seen what the Ubley Bearcats do week in and week out many times before. They bring that same intensity. I think they have a great shot of bringing home some hardware. Current conditions in Detroit, Michigan are 45 degrees outside, 72 degrees inside, and about 86 degrees inside our booth here today <laughs> with mostly sunny skies. And the rest, well, frankly, it doesn't matter. What we have suffered through last week in Petoskey, we're making up for today. It is a beautiful day for football. 
Sunrise today at 740. Uh, we we should have seen it over the Detroit River. We were already here at the field already, though. Sunset at 5 p.m. So November 25th, the last day of the football season. We have nine hours and 20 minutes of daylight. We've lost just 11 minutes since last week's broadcast. We're just slowing down finally. But it's a total loss this season of four hours in eight minutes. 14 weeks ago, we had over 13 hours of daylight. Ubley won the toss, and as you'd expect, elected to receive. They will take the ball and march right down the field. Let's take you through the starting lineups for the Ubley Bearcats. On offense, under at center would be the senior, Cameron Ferris, a 6'3", 200-pound senior, number 50, Cameron Ferris. On his left hip, at left guard, a 5'10", 185-pound junior, number 64, Kendon Peruski. At left tackle, a 6'3", 250-pound junior, number 76, Mitchell Foote. And your tight end on the left side, a 6'2", 200-pound senior with flowing blonde locks of hair, number 12, Chris Oswald. On the right side of your line, 6'1", 180-pound senior, number 68, Parker Bruski. At right guard, at right tackle, you have Logan Vollmering, a 5'10", 195-pound senior, number 61. Your tight end on your right side, Luke Vollmering, the sophomore and future quarterback of the Ugly Bearcats, 5'11", 170-pound sophomore. Under center, three-year starting quarterback Evan Bruski making his 37th start as the quarterback for the Ubley Varsity squad, third year on varsity. Mind you, he's been in 38 games. They rested him against Carroll early this season to get the second string in to get a little bit more snaps as well. In your backfield in the straight T formation, straight T would be your halfback, Seth Maurer, fullback, Aiden Makoviak, and on the right side, Mark Heilig, number 30, 23, in 27. Seth Maurer, Aiden Makoviak, and Mark Heilig, well over 3,000 yards on the season combined, led by Mark Heilig, who has, leading the team with 122 carries, 1,353 yards and 29 scores, averaging 11.1 yards per carry for Mark Heilig. Seth Maurer, fourth on the team with 69 carries, 711 yards, 12 touchdowns for him, and Aiden Makoviak, third on the team in rushing, with 77 carries, 797 yards, and 10 scores, averages 10.4 per carry. And Evan Bruski, of course, number two on the team, 71 carries, 1,161 yards, and 20 touchdowns, averaging 16.4 yards per carry for the Ubley Bearcats. It is time for a short break. We are seven minutes away from kicking things off on the WLEW Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Dan Benke, and Kendall Anthus high atop the field at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. It's the state championship, and you're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Kendall Anthos, and Dan Benke from Ford Field. We are two and a half minutes away from kicking things off with the National Anthem upcoming with a joint performance between the Whiteford and Ubley marching bands. We do apologize if you heard some uh, less than ideal language during our uh, commercial break there. We've, uh, well, frankly, we've been fighting with the MHSA since we've gotten here today. Uh, we are allowed two people in our booth. As you heard, I just said five names, and unfortunately, uh, we're going to have to somehow evade authorities here for the remaining, oh, just about about two and a half hours. It'll be fine. Nothing nothing to worry about there. So we're working, we're working through those issues, and we do apologize if uh, 
some friends heard some uh, non-Thanksgiving or perhaps some Thanksgiving dinner words. I don't know. It, it depends on your family there. <laughs> but let's uh, let's walk you through the LB Bearcats. They entered today with a 13-0 record. The Bad Axe Hatchets was their, were their first victims in week number one. We were at that game. Then they won 41-7. to And when we saw that game, we said, wow, this team for the LB Bearcats in week number one looked playoff ready. Yes. And here we are 14 weeks later. And we're in the state championship. Yeah, they, they come out firing on all cylinders right out of the gate. And that was the exact words we said was, this team looks playoff ready. And, uh, boy, were we right on. And then some, uh, thinking that they would basically put running clocks on everybody on the way out, essentially here at Ford Field. Iron Mountain, a couple more minutes in that game, the fate would have been the same as everybody else, a running clock. Yeah, and so then after the Bad Axe Hatches, they went on the road against Carroll. And those were the, that was the game they rested a lot of their starters, including Evan Bruski. And at Carroll, or excuse me, home against Carroll, they won 42-6 to against the Carroll Tigers. Was that in Carroll or was that home against Carroll? I can't recall. But regardless, it was a 36-point victory. The one game Evan Prusky did not start. And then they rolled into Barlett, 57-16 to at Harbor Beach, 42-0. First time since the 1980s that they blanked Harbor Beach. And they did it on the road in the Pirates' home turf. Then it won the road at Memphis and won 66 nothing. No surprise there. Then they went to Cass City and they won 42 to seven. A very dominant performance. Cass City, solid squad this year, and it's already won by 35 points. Then they went back home against Sandusky, 42 to eight there. On the road at USA. USA was just coming back from those few weeks of uh, having to forfeit their games. Had enough healthy players to play the USA or the Obli Bearcats, but they blanked USA 42 nothing. And then week number nine against a fellow Ubliite, Kerry Messing, head coach of the Reese Rockets, and they throttled them 69-6 to at home to wrap up the regular season. Then on to the playoffs. We're like, okay. Now we listen in to our national anthem. It's a great turnout from both sides here. About equal numbers between Whiteford and the Ubley Bearcats. Let's take you through the Whiteford defense. They'll be coming out in a 5-3 defense, as typically most to go against the T offense. And I will say, when we did watch that game against Whiteford, against White Pigeon, Whiteford could not stop the T. White, White Pigeon, who they beat, was taking chunks after chunks after chunks marching right down the field. Exactly. When they were in that formation, they were four to eight yard carries quite regularly. And let's face it, the White Pigeon isn't nearly the caliber that the Bearcats are. Could be some big chunk plays for them. Now, Whiteford has some talented guys. You're going to hear Jake Iad a lot. A lot of guys 
that have potential to fill those gaps. But the Ugly Bearcats, now on a perfect condition field, have the ability to use Evan Peruski, which they didn't have last week on that snow-filled turf up in Petoskey. So there's too many weapons, I think, for Whiteford to try to stop this Bearcat offense. Ubley won the toss, elected to receive. Ubley will be in their road white uniforms, black numbers, orange outline, black pants with a flat black helmet with a black face mask, no stickers on the helmet. For the Whiteford Babcats, blue uniforms, royal or navy blue, yellow numbers, white outline, a darker blue helmet with a yellow stripe down the middle with a W on other side. Kicking things off for the Whiteford Bobcats will be number four, that is Hunter DePar. He's the second leading rusher on the team as well. He's a wingback in safety, He's six foot junior. 133 carries for a 1,100 yards and 10 scores. Against Everest last weekend, nine carries for 55 yards and one touchdown. He has the second most receiving yards on the team, 16 receptions for 361 yards and seven scores. Of course, Shea Ruddy, the quarterback for Whiteford, is a senior. 44 starts. He has started his entire career, all four years of high school, at quarterback. And deep back for the Ubley Bearcats. No surprise here. Mark Heilig stands at his 10-yard line, as does Evan Peruski. On the left side of your radios, we are nestled in the right corner of your radio today. If you're looking at your field, if you're looking on TV, Class look to your right and all the way up to the right side. We do have the referees mic'd up. We do have our field mics down there as well. It's a beautiful day for football. And this is the moment that everyone has been waiting for. This is the moment that every kid and high school football player dreams of. It is the state championship. Division 8 is about to kick off. It is Friday after Thanksgiving, everyone's favorite time of the year. And Dave Hansen, I'd have rather, rather not have anyone next to me. Yeah, I, I love it. This is a... Uh... Again, cancel our Thanksgiving plans. Let's do this every year. This is what we want, and the kick is underway. It's a squib kick down to the 25-yard line, brought in by Aiden Makoviak. He gets out to about the 40-yard line before he's upended. Looks like that is number 14 for the Whiteford Bobcats on special teams. That would be Mason DeBar, a freshman, playing the special teams aspect in his first and 10 for the LB Bearcats at their own 40-yard line left right across the radio. Yeah, let's cancel those Thanksgiving plans. This is, uh, this is a great atmosphere. Unique for us, 10 o'clock in the morning. Let's get this rolling. Uh, get up early, and just as uh, the Ubley Bearcats get under center in the wing tee, Evan Peruski ready to take the first snap of the game. Wasting no time, and it's going to be a handoff to Mark Heilig around the left uh, left tackle. Gets out to the 45-yard line before he is stopped by number two, Ryan Ruddy, outside linebacker for the Whiteford Bobcats. A gain of five, second down and five upcoming. And already, just like we had talked, th this team has the ability to get five yards of play. Now, Ubley Bearcats get chunk plays. This season, they've gotten the home run hits, the big 50-yard touchdown runs all season long against everybody. Whiteford has to contain that big play, force Ubley to play old-school Ubley football in three, four, five yards of play. But on first down, give the Ubley Bearcats five yards. They're going to beat you all day long. Second and five is quarterback keeper, and it's uh, diving all the way across the 50 and a fumble on the play. And looks like Whiteford is signaling that they have it. Yes, the first turnover of the day goes to the Whiteford Bobcats, brought in by number 57, Trent Ulrich. Defensive end, he had one tackle for a loss last week. One fumble recovery entering this game of the season. And they scoop up the Ubley Bearcats mistake, and the Whiteford Bobcats take over at their own 48. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure what to say. We don't see the Ubley Bearcats turn the season. football over. Uh, they just take care of the football. They don't make penalties. That's what they are known for. So to see Evan Peruski, of all people, put the ball on the turf, uh, we're a little shocked up here. But you know what? This is the first team to stop the Ubley Bearcats early in the game and not allow them to score first. So we're going to see this fast-paced Ottawa Lake-Whiteford offense come on the field 
It's a handoff to Jake Hyatt out of the double wing offense and the ugly Bearcat faithful are strong and happy about that one as leading the charge is linebacker number 64, Cannon Peruski. He's now has the most tackles on the team. He was tied with Aiden Makoviak entering today with 121. Stops him for maybe a gain of a yard out to the 49, second down and nine. And I have a feeling those two are going to go back and forth all day because they are going to be asked to play a big role with Peruski up front and Makoviak in that second line at that linebacker, the second row of defenders to stop this fast pace off. Offense. Double wing this time to the left side and is off to the fullback, number 45, Drew Nags. And he's out uh, for about 5'9", 187 pounder. And he gets out for maybe one yard to midfield at the 50 as he's stopped immediately by Chris Oswald, defensive end on that right side, and brings him down for just ever one gain. Yard, third down and eight. Yeah, so on, on a lot of the tape we watched, Ottawa Lake does like to speed things up sometimes even go to a no huddle offense. More of a traditional huddle and set up and go style offense so far, but Again, they have not seen a defense like the Bearcats, and so far they stuffed two early run plays. Back to pass. Shea Ruddy scrambling, rolling to his right, wide open downfield at the 35. It's brought in by number 18, Colby Mazarant, and he converts on third and eight and inside the 25. Actually going to mark him down at the 27-yard line for a huge third down conversion. Move the chains for Whiteford down into ugly territory deeper. Uh, credit to the offensive line of the Bobcats. They protected Shea Ruddy really well on that play. There was Shea looked left, didn't find anything he liked to the left, went to his fourth option all the way back to the right, and was wide open, slipped between the corner and the safety, and it's a big game for Ottawa Lake. It's a handoff to the left side to number four, Hunter DeBar, and he stopped immediately as they tried to find that edge, could not. He gets down to about the 26-yard line, stopped by Aiden McCoviank, fell linebacker with Cannon Bruski. Gain of just uh, maybe a yard. Second down and nine up coming from the LB26. Just no room to run. And just like that, Aiden Makoviak back in that tie for a tackle lead there. Again, those guys are going to go back and forth all game on that. But a, a quick fullback handoff to the left. Nowhere to run. The offensive line does not move that defensive line at all. And Makoviak comes in and cleans up the back. Two receivers wide left. Well, there's the snap, and it's a pitch over to Jake I Excuse me, number four. That's DeBar. He has room to run. And the Whiteford Bobcats strike first. Hunter DeBar gets the pitch out from the left side, and he's in for the score. And Whiteford scores first. This is the first time all season that the Ugly Bearcats have trailed in a game, and it comes with 9-17 left in the first quarter, and it's set up by a fumble recovery at midfield, and they march right down the field. 9-17 remain in the first quarter, and it's Whiteford 6, Ugly 0. Good teams take advantage of other teams' mistakes. Make no doubt about it. Whiteford is one of those good teams, and the Ugly Bearcats now have to survive what we talked about, that shell shock of being down for the first time all season. And they do go for the two-point conversion, and they are stopped immediately in the backfield and off to the fullback, Drew Nags, as Logan Vollmering brings him down in about the four-yard line for no gain. And we've reached a 6-0 ball game with 9-17 remaining in the first quarter right here on the W at LW Sports Network. Five plays, 52 yards, in for the score, taking just under two minutes off the clock. And the Whiteford Bobcats lead the Ugly Bearcats 6-0 in the state championship in Division 8. 6-0, that touchdown set up for Whiteford on a fumble recovery right at the 48-yard line, and Ugly's just second play of the game. 
So we'll see how Albie recovers, responds here, being down for the first time this season. Yeah, being down at any point in the season, this is the first time. And uh, they don't turn the ball over very often either. And the defense did a good job. They gave up one play. Otherwise, that offense really didn't have anything going on. Makoviak brings it into the 23-yard line, gets out to about the 40-yard line, just shy of that at the 39, 38-yard line for a 15-yard return. First and 10 for the Oilers Bearcats. They'll try and do this one again. Going to have to come from behind to win this one. Still plenty of football. We haven't even played three minutes of football in the state championship here. And Elby's up to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I don't think it'll bother. They're going to stick with exactly what they know. Don't be surprised if Peruski gets a, a carry here very soon in the next couple plays just to get him right back in rhythm. It's a handoff to Mark Howard. Tries to break free. He's out to the 40-yard line for a modest two-yard gain. They're going to mark him down to the 41. Tackle made by Shea Ruddy out of the secondary for the Bobcats. Gain of three, second down in seven upcoming for the LB Bearcats. Trying to get back to the rhythm. And Mark Heilig, that last option on the right-hand side behind Evan Peruski, they fake the Makoviak and allow Heilig to attack right around his left tackle, deciding whether he wants to go in or outside. Whiteford does a good job of chopping him down after just a short game. Second down, seven to go for the LB Bearcats in their T formation. Backfield, Maurer, Makoviak, Heilig, Peruski under center. There's the snap, and it's going to be a handoff to Seth Maurer. Come to the right side, is across, and on a second effort, gets down to about the 43-yard line before he's stopped by the Whiteford Trent Ulrich, who recovered that fumble just a moment ago, has two on the season now. And third down, five to go for the Ubley Bearcats in their own territory at the 43. Bauer does a really good job because there's an unblocked linebacker in Hunter DeBar that comes flying into the backfield and completely misses. Seth Maurer makes that hesitation move and then goes right by him and turns what could have been a one-yard loss into a couple-yard positive gain, but still third down in five for the Bearcats as they inch closer to midfield. Highly out wide right to the wing back and his quarterback keeper Evan Prusky to the left side and he pushes forward and he's only going to get about two yards. He's going to be short of the first down line to gain. Brought down by Ryan Ruddy, outside linebacker. They needed five. He got two. A fourth and three from Albany's own 45-yard line. Yeah, you, your defense has been so good this year that I would, wouldn't be surprised if they did try to go for it. This team has punted, I believe, two times this yes. season. Two times. So uh, we know they can do it if they need to, but the aggressive nature of Ubley here, they're going to go for it here, and I think Sweeney just called the timeout. Timeout called with 7.20 remaining in the first quarter. We'll stick with you here as the Ubley Bearcats facing some day of adversity for the first time this season. They're down 6 nothing to Whiteford, 7.20 left in the first quarter, but now they're facing a fourth and four, fourth and three from their own 45-yard line, the D out to the 48-yard line. What do you think Eric Sweeney's drawn up here? Uh, nothing, just reminding his team here, nothing different, nothing different. We're going to hand the ball off. I, I believe Mark Heilig gets just another carry. He's, he's only got two so far, the game's just getting started. But he's averaging three and a half yards a carry. I think he does enough to get you that first down the way ugly blocks. But this is just a reminder team that it's still the first quarter. It's a one-score game. We go down and score, kick an extra point. We have the lead. Let's make sure we know who we're blocking. There's a lot of young players on this team, and uh, they just want to make sure they're on the same page. It's that simple. He ran those. He called the play, had Evan Prusky run back to the huddle. He walked right over to the official. He had his mind made up. He was going to call a timeout as soon as they got under center. So it was all planned. Uh, this coaching staff doesn't get too worked up too quickly. And, again, I think Mark Heiley gets a carry here on the left side. That's what I would do. But um, we haven't seen Makoviak get a touch yet. So um, he's 
buying his he is buying his coaching staff, his veteran staff, whether it be Dave Kaufman, Bill Sweeney, Chuck Wright, all these guys up in the booth, some extra time to discuss this. If they if they see a, an opening that they like, they'll run it. If not, there's a very good chance they may just bring out the punting team and trust this top-tier defense to do their job. And we do see that out on the field stretching right now is Brett Mueller. He has not had to kick a punt since week number four, 70 days since he's kicked a punt in, in regulation. When they played Harbor Beach, they had one against Carroll in week number two, and then Harbor Beach in week number four, and have not had to bring out the punting team ever since. That is an unbelievable, unbelievable stat. stat. That, that is unbelievable very, stat. very hard to do. Um, but that's how good this offense has been this year. They 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 barely even face third downs, let alone fourth downs, and have to decide to punt. So this running game has just been so good all year, and it's off to a slow start. But I, I think they'll be just fine as this game moves on. So I'll be facing a fourth and three as we're under actually a media timeout here. Timeouts after the eight-minute and four-minute marks with a dead ball, and there's the signal. That play can resume here. So, of course, a few more timeouts incorporated into the game, a little bit more time to catch your breath, especially in these smaller divisions when a lot of these players are going two ways, if not three ways. Three, three ways would be more more accurate there. You're absolutely right. But it, it's uh, it's how the game is played at the higher levels, so uh, just something for them to get used to is all. But uh, it looks like uh, on their own side of the field, this is probably the safer play here. Bring out the punt team, and let's see if that they can pin them deep and give their defense some room to operate. So Brett Mueller stands his own 33-yard line. Booming punt, end over end. And this one's going to bounce at the 10, take a sideways kick, and stay out. No, oh, it's right on the goal line. And that's going to be a touchback, another wow. six inches in this side, and they would have pinned him at the six-inch line. Instead, it rested, came to rest on the goal line. Brett it, Mueller, no rust there, and pins him, and Whiteford will start out their own 20-yard line. Amped up, just a beautiful punt. Like I said, it landed uh, just between the 5 and the 10, took one step, one bounce forward, and just come to a complete rest right on the front end zone line, that white stripe. And that is a huge break for Whiteford because being pinned at that far back against this defense is not where you want right. to be. And they're, they're going to get a free 20 yards out of that and start – with 80 yards to go against this ugly defense, up six. First and 10 for the Whiteford Bobcats, over to the left, back to pass, rolling to his right, throwing downfield, wide open is number four, and he brings it in, Hunter DeBar, and they knock him down to the 38-yard line, and the Whiteford Bobcats convert on another first down play, moving the chains out to their own 37-yard line. Move the chains. I love the play call for Ottawa, Ottawa Lake. They, they, set this up with a big rushing touchdown on their last time they had the ball so they go right back to that same play and do play action out of it and Hunter DeBar slides in the backfield gets behind the secondary uncharacteristic for an ugly defense so focused on stopping the run pitch out to the right side to Iatt and Ubley's there quick on the spot bring him down that would be leading the charge number 23 Aiden Makoviak on the stop and Whiteford Jane's just a yard on that one second down nine to go back to that ugly defense though they're three defenders on the play led by Aiden, Aiden Makoviak gets in there and uproots that running back the other two come in and swallow him up and, and push him right out of bounds not allowing any yards after contact a very short game that's the swarming suffocating defense we like to see out of the Bearcats receiver wide to the left and they throw it into the flats it's brought in immediately and breaks out of one tackle is gonna be knocked out of bounds that would be number 18 Colby Mazaran the favorite receiver has now 20 receptions on the season and moves the chains for the Whiteford Bobcats into Ubley territory, the 46-yard line. 
This team is very good at taking what the defense gives them, and we've watched enough ugly games to know that they give very soft coverage. You see number two, Caden Ozentoski, is giving a good eight-plus yards to that wide receiver, and the quarterback, veteran quarterback like Shea Ruddy, he's just going to change the play at the line if needed. He takes the ball, plants that right foot, and throws it right out to his wide receiver and lets him operate in open space, and it's another first down. Receiver wide to the left, that's Brandon Meggs, and growing to his right, looking downfield to pass, he's in trouble. Now it's a scramble back, and he's going to be brought down for the sack, way back at the 49 of Whiteford. That is a huge sack of five yards when all said and done on the other side of the field, and Shea Ruddy is brought down in the backfield by the ugly Bearcats. Was that Chris Oswald bringing him down? It looked like 63. Aiden Kohler. Aiden Kohler, the defensive tackle, getting to the backfield and bringing him down. So second down, 15 to go for the Whiteford Bobcats. Yeah, Aiden Kohler uh, in there to help stop that run. And that time, the secondary does not allow the defender to get behind him. They take away the three re the three receiving options. And when Shuddy panics to move around, Shea Ruddy, there's nowhere to go. And that swarming defense gets a huge sack. It's a pitch over to Hunter DeBar, and he's going to be brought down. It seemed like he was streaking down the field. And brought down by Evan Bruski after just a modest two-yard gain. Actually, got all the way out to the 45-yard line. So he gained all those yards back. Five yards on that one. Third down, 10 to go for Whiteford. Right, but that's a win for the Ubley defense. This team is going to get some yards at some play, but you have now forced third down and nine. Your defense has done their job. You have to be ready. This team has been comfortable passing against you. I think the Bearcats have to be ready. This could be four-down territory as well. Rolling to his right, and it's going to be handoff right in the middle. Completely fooled everyone on that one. And it's a handoff to Drew Nags, the fullback, marching, blasting through. The whole play was shifting to the right side. And there was number 45, Drew Nags, just sliding to the left, marching down the field, finally brought down by Luke Vollmering out of the secondary. And they have it now on the ugly 26-yard line, converting on third down. So with that double wing, you'll see the two running backs stand behind the tight end, and there's a fullback in the backfield for pass protecting. The whole play, the receiver goes in motion to the right, and it's a fullback dive back to the left, and it completely fools the Ubley Bearcats for a huge conversion. And they push it straight forward, out for a hard-fought one yard down to the 24-yard line. Chris Oswald brings him down. That was number 26 on the carry, Jake Iatt, wingback. And it's going to be second down. They're going to mark him two on the play, so second down, eight to go from the Ubley 24-yard line. Very similar setup to the last one. You see Jake Iatt from that left wing back position go in motion to the right. The play previous, Iatt goes by, and it looks like an option to the right, but it's a su subtle fullback handoff back to the left. This time, they do give it to Iatt. He sees something up the middle, but it gets shut down quickly. It's a handoff right up the middle to Hunter DeBar, and there's Ubley to jump on it immediately, leading the way at number 68. Parker Peruski brings him down for just a gain of a yard. Third down, seven to go for the Whiteford Bobcats on the edge of the red zone at the Ubley 22-and-a-half-yard line. Whiteford really likes their misdirection. Again, there's a, a similar concept where motion from left to right looks like the whole play is going to the right, and that wing back on the right counters back to the middle. So as everybody flows to the right, it's a quick, subtle handoff up in front, back to the middle of the field. The Ubley Bearcats stand tall and force yet another third down and six. Stay in the pocket, looking to pass. Now he's going to scramble to his left. He has to move out. He's as a lead blocker, and he cuts up field, still on his feet, and he's inside about the 12-yard line. It looks like he got the gain, the first down marker by about three yards. Tackle made by Kandon Peruski. Linebacker tracks him down from behind as he tried to get out of that tackle as well brought him down by an ankle and first and goal to go for Whiteford trying to take a two possession lead over Ubley 6-0 305 left in the first quarter we knew 
Shea Ruddy would be a problem for the Bearcats, but he has been magnificent so far in this first quarter. When the play has broken down, he has made some plays happen and made some really good throws as well. Jake Hyatt gets the pitch to the right side, and Ubley doesn't get any, a lot of them, any yards there. Still at the six-yard line, leading the charge on the tackle. Aiden Makoviak brings him down for no gain. Second down, and actually second down, 10 to go from the 11-yard line. First down markers at the one-yard line of Ubley. Yeah, and that's key because there's a chance for Whiteford to get another first down on this series. But Aiden Makoviak leading the charge as he usually does. Evan Peruski reading that play well from that deep safety spot. Comes over and helps make that tackle for very little gain. Whiteford does not kick the ball. Now facing a second down, 10 to go. Looking downfield to throw into the end zone. Is it brought in? No, incomplete in the end zone. Pass is intended for Ryan Ruddy, and the ref runs in and says incomplete, hit the turf first, as he was actually all the way down on all fours while he tried to bring that one in as we watch the replay here on the screen. And it comes in, and it Excellent did not happen. Call. Good call by the official there. Seven-man crew here bounces off the blue turf in the end zone, incomplete, and now sets up a third down, 10 to go from the 11-yard line. Yeah, Shea Ruddy just underthrows this a little bit. He's got a step on the defender, Evan Peruski, and it, it, which is uncharacteristic. Peruski underread that just a little bit, allowed, allowed the receiver to get past him and out, and if Shea Ruddy puts any air under that ball, it's probably a touchdown, a pretty good diving effort for Ryan Ruddy, uh, but it's incomplete. You can see clearly that that ball did bounce in the turf. Great call by them, but we're gonna slow Previous things down. Here. Under review. And this is a, a new thing that happened just a couple years ago, Clark. Yes, there is instant replay now in effect here replaying the re reviewing I should say not replay reviewing the play and so the previous play is under review so the official throws on a headset we of course have all the entire logistics and infrastructure for instant replay new this year though is a fish uh, an official an official of the team coach has the opportunity to challenge once per game he must have a timeout in his pocket similar to college rules and he can challenge once per game this is not a challenge this is just under review just trying to make sure that this one has the correct call I, he does not have based on the reviews here it was very quick the officials are already taking the headset off as this one is not a catch. No, it's pretty simple to see. If you were watching it uh, live on TV, you could see that ball bounce off the turf. After further review, the previous play, the call stands. Third down. I like it, though. Quick so, to I the point. It, we, we could see that bounce right away. He took the headset off. Let's get back to playing football. I love it. Now, do you think he meant to say confirmed? Or stands. There's two different things there. Stands means they didn't have enough to turn it over. Confirmed is they did. They definitely could tell it was not a catch. Doesn't correct, matter. Correct. Point is yeah, that is a great point. Uh, correct answer is though it is not a catch. That's the part that they got right, and I'll take it. That's just me being me. Shea Ruddy under center, double wing offense from the ugly 11 yard line. Back to pass, looking to his left, throws, and this one is nearly intercepted at the five, as the ball was tipped intended for number two Ryan Ruddy. And the ugly secondary was there on the spot in the area was number 22. That's uh, number 23. Mark Heilig, Mark Heilig 27, yes, 27 was there. in the area. But th there were a lot of ugly defenders in the area. Even if that ball was caught, it would have been for a minimal gain. But because it was high, a quick tight end out, a quick throw to the left was high. It deflected in the air. Mark Heilig had a diving effort, but out of his reach, and it falls incomplete. Fourth and 10 from the 11 of ugly. They're going for it. Receiver wide right, and we have a timeout called by 
The Whiteford Bobcats with 207 left in the first quarter. Ubly six. Or excuse me. <laughs> That's not the case. Ubly zero. Whiteford six. Haven't said that all season. So Whiteford leads by six points, and they're facing a fourth and ten from the Ubly 11-yard line. You get down to the one. They still can convert on a fourth down. More likely, though, at that point, it's going to be a touchdown. What is Jim Becker setting up? He's, I'm sure he's been analyzing Whiteford for more than just a week, perhaps five or six weeks. He has no, no surprises here from Whiteford. The tricky part is the same thing when you watch the Ubley Bearcats. You can't find tape where Ubley's going for it on fourth down and 10. They didn't never win those situations. Neither was Whiteford. Whiteford has a clean slate, clear record. They score a ton of points. They don't give up any, just like the Ubley Bearcats. But they have had success passing. And the way I see Coach Becker doing this is he's going to drop back at least seven in coverage, rush just the guys up front, and force Ruddy to make a throw in traffic and allow his ball hawks and Peruski and Heilig and Caden Ozentashi back there to come up with a big stop and knock this ball down and get that ugly offense another shot and get back on the field. Whiteford's had four first downs on this drive alone. They're one for two on third down. They did not convert there, so they're now facing a fourth and 10 from the 11-yard line with 2.07. That's the first timeout called by Whiteford in this first half. 6-0, Whiteford leading the Ubley Bearcats in the state championship. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Dan Banky, and Kendall Anthos with us. And right now we have a three-man crew. Dan Banky and Kendall Anthos out of the booth at the moment. Uh, we, we, we've kept Doug in the booth, despite us only being allowed two people in the booth here today. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, we'd love to have both of them. I, if we get to pick one, I don't know who I'd pick, but uh, so far, I, Doug's hiding in there really well yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, helping us keep things under control here. But I'm not sure how much I like these timeouts, the media timeouts. kind of takes us out of rhythm a little a bit. Little bit. Think. Well, we're out of rhythm as it is. Oh. And here we're in Ford Field. Frankly, I'm, I don't know how to operate without freezing my toes off today. It's a little weird, not going to lie. So now Whiteford comes out of the timeout facing a fourth and 10 from the ugly 11-yard line. Double wing receiver wide to the left. That is number 15. Lincoln Jordan. And back to pass. Looking to his left. Looking to his right. Nothing there. Now scrambles to his left. And he's going to have to keep this one. He's going to be breaks out of one tackle. Shimmies out of a second tackle. And he's going to be very close to the goal line. Is he down? He looks like he got the first down by an edge. He's inside the one-yard line. So Shea Ruddy takes the whole team on his back and gets down, and there's the signal, first down. No touchdown, but a first down instead, converting on fourth down. Tackle made by number 60. Number 10, Evan Peruski saves the touchdown. Corey, the spot looked a little, they gave him some favorable field position there as they hand it off, and it goes into the end zone. Shea Ruddy in for the score, and Whiteford takes a two-possession lead over the Ubley Bearcats. It's now 12-0 with a minute 43 left in the first quarter. Whiteford leads by 12 points with a two-point two point conversion upcoming with a minute 43 left as they run it in from one yard out on the quarterback keeper. A great individual play by Shea Ruddy, but Jim Becker did exactly what I think he needed to do. He took away the fourth down and 10 passing game. Ruddy had to scramble for it, but that is on the ugly Bearcats. Seth Maurer missed in open open field. There, there were two missed tackles, and then he, he was able to tackle Evan Peruski forward to be able to get that extra yard that he needed. Maybe a little bit of a favorable spot, but it should have never been that close. The ugly Bearcats are known for not turning the ball over, being excellent tacklers, and not making penalties. Penalties and so far, two of those three things have gone wrong for him this morning. And they go for the two-point conversion, and it is going to be stopped short of the goal line at about the yard and a half line. 
as they hand it off to Jake Ian. So the Whiteford Bobcats enter today with 70 of 87 on two-point conversions. They are 0 for 2 on the day, but they lead the Ubley Bearcats 12-0 on the WLW Sports Network. Twelve nothing. Whiteford leads the Ubley Bearcats with a minute 43 left in the first quarter as Whiteford marched down the field 80 yards in five minutes and 26 seconds on 15 plays. In for a score. Whiteford has scored on both drives. Ubley's first drive consisted of a fumble on the second play and then they three and out punt on the second play, on second drive as the kick comes in from into the hands of Mark Heilig at the 13-yard line. He's across the 25, across the 30, still on his feet out to about the 35, 36-yard line. A nice return there for Mark Heilig. And the LB Bearcats will have decent field position at their own 36-yard line, but they trail by two possessions. 12-0 to Whiteford, a minute 36 left in the first quarter. Yeah, they just need a first down. Just get that monkey off your back and get this offense going. They've moved the ball well, but it's been that third down play. When it's third down in five, third down in four, they've been unable to get positive yards. Had to punt last time in the series before, a very rare turnover. So now's the time to get that running game moving. Mark Hiley gets the handoff. He's across the 40, onto the 41. That's more like it for the other Bearcats as they get out for five yards on first down, second down, five to go from their own 41. Yeah, and there's the guy that they're going to feed. He, he's going to get a bulk of the carries here soon, and I don't care if Whiteford knows it's coming. That's just a guy that gets you three every single time, and they're going to have to establish him. Now, it's only a matter of time before Makoviak gets his first carry. He's been the, the one-two punch in this backfield, and that'll just slowly lure in Whiteford's defense for an Evan Peruski hitter on the outside. It's a handoff to Mark Heilig who spins out of one tackle and spins his way forward down to about the 44-yard line, short of the line to gain by two yards, but he gained three on it. Tackle made by middle linebacker Jake Hyatt leads the team in tackles with 190 on the season now with that tackle. Third down, about a yard and a half to go for the Elder Bearcats in their own territory, the 43 and a half. And that's what I'm talking about. If you're watching that play live at home, it's the exact same play, right to left. Hyland gets the ball, gets hit immediately, and you see him run into him, spin out of that tackle, reach forward, and still get that three yards that you're looking for out of the running back. Handoff to Mark Hyland. He has the first down. He's across midfield. And down to the 50-yard line exactly. A gain of six on the play. Move the chains for the first time for the LB Bearcats today. And the Bearcats are finally starting to get their sea legs. Again, you've, you've got big plays all season. That is not how this offense is built to run. It is built to manufacture first downs, even if it takes three or all four downs to get it, and wear down defenses and score on long drives. They still have the opportunity to do that today if they can continue to get first downs like that. Hand off to Seth Mowry's out across to the 45-yard line of Whiteford. And the LB Bearcats starting to get in rhythm here. Gain of five, gain of six. And we have a whistle, and looks like this will be another media timeout with end of the first quarter, actually. So we played 12 minutes of play, and the LB Bearcats trail by 12 minutes, 12 points as well. But they're marching down the field for the first time this season, for this game. It's 12 0 Whiteford over Ubley in the state championship and the W at LW Sports Network.
On to the second quarter here from the state championship at Ford Field. The Whiteford Bobcats and the Ugly Bearcats now start to lock horns as the Whiteford Bobcats dominated that first quarter. But right at the end of it, Ugly's starting to get their rhythm as they now are marching right to left across your radio. Against the Whiteford Bobcats, they trail 12-0 after 12 minutes of play. Yeah, th this game is far from over. The Ugly Bearcats are, are simply too good to just cash it in now. They've Their defense has done a good job on early downs. When it's been third down and long or fourth down and long, that's when Shea Ruddy has beaten them, whether it be on a busted coverage on a pass play or that scramble on fourth down and nine, nine or ten there that got them that first and goal from the one. That's a devastating play for a defense emotionally, and that led to touchdown number two and the first series comes down to an uncharacteristic turnover by one of your best ball carriers but Ubley has got it figured out now Mark Heilig back to back to back carries leading to a first down and then on the very next play Seth Maurer goes the other side for about five yards on that play so now starting to work these backs in Whiteford doesn't know who's going to get it next and as soon as they creep in those linebackers just a little bit they'll give Evan Prusky that another shot around the outside. Peruski settles under center at the Whiteford 44-yard line. Three men backfield surveying the defense. <laughs> now he settles under center finally. There's a quick handoff right in the middle. Fullback trap and it's going to be a shooting forward. And it's a handoff to Aiden McCovian. Gets out to about the 42-yard line of Whiteford. Short of the first down marker, but just two yards to go. Tackle made by middle linebacker Jake Hyatt for Whiteford. Third down, two to go at the 42 of Whiteford. We knew it wouldn't be long for Makoviak got his uh, his carry there, and he's really had a big season, uh, surprising to most, because he slid into that fullback position to clear out linebackers and make lots of room for Maurer and Heilig at the running back position, but he's done such a good job running the ball at fullback as well. He's been an extra weapon for this offense. It's a handoff around the left side and fighting for more yards is Mark Heilig out to about the 39-yard line. He got the first down marker just by a couple yards. Tackle made by Ryan Ruddy outside linebacker and move the chains. A third down conversion for the Ugly Bearcats. They're now two for two on the day on third downs. New fresh set of downs marching down the field. And that's exactly right. And it, Mark Heilig follows those blockers. The guard pulls to the left side. They go right through that hole and they push him to the sideline. They Three guys there, they could not tackle him. He got that first down. They pushed him back, but he would not go down showing you the physicality that Mark Heilig brings to this offense. Evan Bruski gets the snap and he handed off right up to Seth Maurer. He's out for the running. He has the first down for very close to it as they finally mark him down at the 31-yard line. Hunter DeBar making that tackle, uh, but going for a free ride as Seth Maurer plows right over him, dragging him close to that first down marker. He's at the 30-yard line, just shy by about a yard and a half. Tackle made by Hunter DeBar for the Whiteford Bobcats. At the 30-yard line of the Bobcats, marching right to left cross the trying to put on their first score of the day. They trail 12-0. Seth Maurer has the first down. He has room to run, and he's finally upended all the way down to the 20-yard line. A gain of 10 on that one. Tackle made by Shea Ruddy, and the other Bearcats are starting to slash their way down the field. Move the chains. Yes, you see a lot of Mark Heilig bringing that physicality. That brings Whiteford defenders over, knowing that they're going to have to provide some help. And as soon as they do, that's when Seth Maurer gets to jump in there. And lots of credit to Aiden Makoviak. Clears Jake Hyatt right out of that hole. And a big run now for Seth Maurer. 
And it's going to be a handoff to Seth Maurer once again, this time the right side. He's down all the way down to the 15-yard line before he's finally brought down by Hunter DeBar after a five-yard gain, maybe even a six-yard gain down to the 14. They mark him right to the 15. Five yards to go, second out and five from the Whiteford 15. Yeah, Hunter DeBar is, is a good player for this Whiteford Bobcats defense, but so far number 30, Seth Maurer, just looks right at him and runs him right over and drags him for a couple yards. That's a couple plays in a row. That physical running game around the right side. Looks like the Bearcats have found an opening and they're putting the drive on in the red zone now. Evan Bruski under center looking around at the 15 of Whiteford. Now under center. It's going to be a handoff to Mark Heilig. He has room to run. He's out there at the 10 yard line and finally tackled forward out to the 8 yard line. Tackle made by Jake Iatt, middle linebacker once again. Good nose for the football there, but it's enough to move the chains and now a first in goal situation from the eight yard line. Whiteford leads 12-0, but Obli marching with 9.27 left in the second quarter. First in goal to go. Yeah, our research and, and everything we're watching is not off point. This defense can be run on out of the tee, and the Ubley Bearcats just took a minute, maybe a quarter to be specific, to figure it out. It looks like they've been finding those chunk plays that we've been watching and film. Seth Maurer gets the handoff, and he's met at the line of scrimmage, and not a whole lot going on there. Brought down to about the seven-yard line. Leading the way was Seamus Waterford, defensive end. Fifth leading tackler on this team with 56 tackles now. Ten tackles for a loss and nine sacks as well as one forced fumble. Second down, goal to go after a modest gain down to the three-yard, or seven-yard line. Second and goal to go. Not much there. That time that hole was filled as uh, Makoviak comes over, but there were too many defenders. Seth Maurer hit right at the line of scrimmage. Fights for a little bit. Not much there to bring up second down for the Bearcats. Bruski. Under center, T formation behind him, hands it off right away to Aiden Makoviak, and it's a scrum forward down to about the six-yard line before he is stopped. A gain of just a yard on that one. Third down, goal to go from the six-yard line. On the bottom of that pile, looks like number two, Ryan Ruddy, outside linebacker. Not much running there, room for Makoviak either, which is probably why they've avoided giving him the ball early because that hole is not there. Those two defensive tackles have collapsed on the middle, removing Makoviak's option to get up the middle. So now third down, and this is a very long five or six yards to find the end zone. Big play here coming here for Bearcats. Bruski looking down to pass, throws it in the end zone. It is dropped in the end zone. Luke Vollmering was the intended receiver. There were two white jerseys there as well as Chris Oswald. And it was off the mark, hits the turf, incomplete. Fourth in goal to go from the six-yard line. Oh, he had him. They, they do that naked bootleg back to the left. And you got to remember, he is a left-handed quarterback. And as soon as he let it go, you could see him clap his hands. He knew that he missed it. He put a little too much heat on it. But it was a little too far in front of his favorite target in Luke Vollmering. Just off the fingertips. But it was a touchdown there. The play call was there just outside of the outstretched hands. And it falls incomplete. And now fourth down and six yards to go, and it's fourth down and goal for the Bearcats. From the six-yard line, wing T to the left. That's Heilig out wide left, and it's going to be rolling to his right now, rolling to his right again, looking to pass. Now he's going to run it in himself. He's at the 10 and the 5, and he's going to be brought down at the four-yard line as the infantry came from the Whiteford Bobcats and stopped him short. That was a broken play and brought down by Brandon Luce. Plays right guard as well as defensive tackle. And the Obi Bearcats march down the field but come home and up empty-handed on that drive. Stopped at their own at the four-yard line of Whiteford. And Peruski does a nice job keeping this play alive. But the, the intended receiver was not there. This was intended to sell an all-out quarterback run. There's a 
tight end from the right side coming across the field, and he had an opportunity uh, there was taken away. The defensive back covered it. So when he retreated back to the right, if he was a right-handed quarterback, he may have had a chance in the corner of the end zone that there was a receiver that retreated back to the right with him, but he thought he could make it to the end zone, but a swarming defense by Whiteford. They knock him out of bounds inside the five and stop the bleeding and don't allow the Bearcats to find the end zone yet today. And Whiteford calls a timeout, or it looks like immediate timeout on top of that. So we're going to take a short break. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. 12-0, White for leading Upley. remains in the second quarter. Whiteford 12, Ubley nothing. Ubley marched down the field, took 5 minutes and 57 seconds off the clock on 13 plays, covered 60 yards, and were stopped short at the 4-yard line of Whiteford on 4th down. On a broken play, Evan Bruski did his best to try and make anything done, and he got all the way down to the 4 before the Cavalry came in for the Whiteford Bobcats. First and goal to go for the blue and gold, far left side of your radio, leading the Ubley Bearcats 12-0 with 7.46 before the half is over. Set Whiteford under center here quickly with that uh, double wing offense. And it's a handoff right up the middle. Not a whole lot going out. Maybe onto the six-yard line. Out of that pile would be number 26, Jake Iatt on the, on the carry. Tackle made by Aiden Makoviak. And now second down, eight to go after a two-yard game. Good job by the ugly defense up front. They don't allow that quick fullback dive and all the motion and theatrics that happen in the backfield. Mess them up. They stand their ground, allow a very short game. This is a very big defensive possession for the Bearcats. Plenty of time in this first half to get on the board. But this defense has to make a stop now and give that offense a shot to make this a one-score game. It's another handoff right up the middle. Not a whole lot going. Maybe out to the eight-yard line tackle or leading the charge was Drew Neggs. Tackle bade. By Camden Bruski for the Elby Bearcats after a gain of maybe a yard out to the seven yard line. Third down, six to go for the Whiteford Bobcats deep in their own territory at their own seven. Yeah, very similar play, just trying to create a little room to get away from that end zone. Fullback dive up the middle by Nags. Nowhere to go again. A short two yard gain. The big guys up front for the Bearcats doing their job, led by a couple Peruskis, making sure they don't run very far. And now third down in seven, maybe six yards to go. The Bearcats have not been good today getting off the field. This is a big play right now. Rolling to his right, looking to pass downfield, and this one is going to be nearly intercepted. It is intercepted by Evan Peruski. It was tipped straight up in the air at the 28-yard line. Peruski tipped it again in the air, and he finally brought it in at the 30 as he's falling down on his back, and he brings it in for the interception. A turnover goes in favor, and a break goes in favor of the Bearcats, and the Bearcats are back on the field at their about Whiteford 30-yard line. One bounce. Hits the bounces down a second time, and he wraps it up as he's falling down, right as he falls on the NFL Thanksgiving, John Madden side on the field. That's the momentum Ubley's been looking for. And it comes from their leader, 
Evan Peruski on defense. Ryan Ruddy begging for a pass interference call. You are not going to get it because Evan Peruski has every right to that football. He was behind you. He went up to get it. The contact was minimal, and he made a better play on the ball. And falling to the ground, he's able to outstretch that right hand and haul it in for a huge defensive stop for the Bearcats. And the Ubley offense is going to come on the field after they get done reviewing this turnover, Clark. That most certainly looked like a turnover to me, and that's the word as well. First in 10 for the LB Bearcats at the Whiteford 30-yard line on the plus side of the field. 30 yards stand between the LB Bearcats and their first score of the day. That is a top 10 catch if you're an offensive player on defense. Rank it right up there at number one. That is a huge one-handed play falling to the ground by Evan Peruski. Mark Heilig gets the handoff, and he's down to about the 28-yard after some tough sledding there from Whiteford. Tackle made by Whiteford's number 44, Aiden Cousineau. Defensive tackle senior after a gain of two. Second down, eight to go from the 28 of Whiteford. This defense doesn't get pushed around very often. They were not going to let it happen today. A couple drives, they got beat. And they got beat on third and fourth down. Again, more uncharacteristic. They put defense offenses in bad situations and then take advantage of it. This time, Whiteford has gotten them on a couple plays. This time, they try that play-action pass. It does not work. Double coverage, pass a receiver in double coverage. Peruski takes that ball away. Just can't get over how huge of a momentum swing that is for Ubley. And then right back to their horse, Mark Heilig with a nice run on first down, pushing those guys for a couple yards. Continue to see more of that. We haven't seen Evan Peruski keep it yet around the edge in a while. They're setting up that big play. We've even seen receivers open in the passing game when they've dialed it up, Clark. they got lots of tools here that they can use on second down and eight. Parker Bruski went out with a, looks like a cut, so Aiden Kohler replaces him at guard. Right guard. There's the snap, and it's going to be a handoff to the left side. Out for the running is Obli Bearcat down to about the 25-yard line. Tackle made by Shea Ruddy on the bottom of that pile is Mark Heilig somewhere. And he got out for maybe three yards, four yards down to the 24-yard line. And it's a gain of four, third down, four yards to go for the Illinois Bearcats at the Whiteford 24-yard line. Yeah, the Bruce goes out, which isn't any good, but in that case, it's all right. We'll, we'll just run Mark Heilig to the <laughs> yeah. left and get the handful of yards that we need on second down. This is obviously four down territory for the Bearcats. This is go time, so you don't need it all on this play, but look for more Mark Heilig because they have not had an answer for him. Evan Bruski looking, stays in the pocket, looking to pass wide open downfield. Is Mark Heilig, he brings it in the 15 and forced out of bounds at the 12-yard line. Beautiful pass from Evan Bruski into the hands of Mark Heilig. Tackled, forced out of bounds by number 12 for Whiteford. That would be Ryland Jordan, sophomore cornerback. Move the chains, conversion on third down for the LB Bearcats. First in goal, to, excuse me, first in 10 from the 11-yard line. Sound familiar? They sell that play action up the middle, and when Heilig slips between the tackles, it's an out route to his right, which is the opposite direction that Evan Pruski wants to throw the ball as a left-handed quarterback. But Mark Heilig gets behind the linebacker, and it's a perfect Lob pass right over his head, drops it over the shoulder for Heilig to get it, and he turns it upfield for a big first down for the Bearcats. Bruski under center from the 11-yard line. Hands it off to Seth Maurer, has room to run. He's inside the five, lowers his shoulder. Is he in? No, but he's very close. He may very well have the first down as they're going to mark him down about the one-and-a-half-yard line. Tackle made by Jake Iatt, leading tackler for this squad. They're going to mark him down about the two-and-a-half-yard line. 
So short of the first down marker, but it's still second down, less than a yard to go for the Bearcats inside the five at the Whiteford two-yard line, trying to get into the end zone for the first time today. That's right. Whiteford's done a good job of plugging up the middle. Aiden Makoviak really has had no room to run, but because of that, they've able to run off tackle with Seth Maurer and Heilig attacking between the guard and the tackle, following that defensive end along the outside, and Heilig's going to find his way into the end zone. Mark Heilig scores for the LB Bearcats and puts him on the board for the first time today with 4-19 remaining as he rumbles in untouched from two yards out in for the score and the ugly Bearcat faithful come alive. 4-19 remaining in the second quarter and it's Whiteford 12, Ubley 6 and they bring out the, punt, or the PAT unit as Brent Mueller who has been 84 of 87 on the season. He missed an extra point last week which snapped a 63 straight PAT record which puts him at number 13 all time in the MHSA record books. Now going up for the PAT here. Good snap. Hold by Heilig, and it is through the up. Uh, no. Oh, wide left. Wide left. So he misses it, but it's still a one-possession game. 12 to 6. <laughs> 0 for 3 combined on extra points in PATs today. You're listening to the W LW Sports Network. White for 12, but ugly on the board with 6. 419 remaining in the first half. <laughs> Now we got ourselves a ball game, folks. 4-19 left in the second quarter. Whiteford 12, Ubley 6 as Ubley marches 30 yards down the field. Set up by an interception. So the first scores for both teams today set up by turnovers. Evan Bruski brought in a beautiful interception. Top 10 play for sure. And then marches down the field to 30 yards and Mark Heilig punches in from two yards out for the score and it's 6-0. Or 12 to 6, excuse me. Ubley has established that running game, and that's exactly what they want because then if they feel like doing play action pass, you can trust Evan Prusky enough to make a good throw, and he made a great throw to Mark Heilig, which was key on that play. It was third down and a long three to go. I think they could have ran it just fine, but Whiteford assumed they were going to run it, and they lured in that linebacker. Heilig slipped right behind him, and a perfect throw turned into a pretty good gain and really set up the Bearcats for that touchdown run. Seth Maurer with a big run on that drive, capped off by a Mark Heilig short touchdown run, an uncharacteristic miss on the PAT. But the Ugly Bearcats still have the advantage because Whiteford has missed two two-point conversions. So this is just a six-point game with a little over four minutes to go in the half, and the Ugly defense come up with a big stop. Big reason is they have done a really good job on first and second down this entire morning. And if they can continue to do that, they are going to make those stops on third down and long. They are not going to allow those big plays when it's obvious that Whiteford's going to pass the ball. And when they do, just like that, the good things happen. Guys like Evan Peruski read the quarterback and take the ball away and give your offense an extra shot at scoring some touchdowns. Some more momentum on the side of the LB Bearcats. They trail by just one score, 12 to 6, with 419 left in the first half. It took the LB Bearcats on their fourth drive of the day to find the end zone for the first time. And now it's just a one-possession game, as it should be in the state championship. Whiteford in Ubley for the Division 8 state title from Ford Field and Brett Mueller's kick deep into the end zone and he's brought in seven yards deep in the end zone it'll be a, for a touchback as we've seen all season from Brett Mueller so from the 20-yard line the Bobcats will begin left right across the radio marching into the teeth of the LP defense and the Bearcats turning up the dial a little bit here and it sure feels like the momentum has has shifted and we'll see how Whiteford responds because they haven't had 
a whole lot of things go against them this year either. Um, a little bit closer game in the regional championship against White Pigeon, which is why we really focused a lot watching that tape. But uh, this team's got some good players. That double wing has a lot of unique things going on with a lot of motion. The LB Bearcats have really settled in and done a good job taking away the running game, especially at early downs. Handoff right up the middle of 100. DeBar goes off left tackle down to about the 26-yard line, out for six yards. Tackle made by Mark Heilig out of the secondary. A gain of seven on first down, sensibly second down and three from the 26. Excuse me, a gain of six on the play, second down, four to go. Yeah, we see with that double wing, it all starts with that wing back that goes in motion. They're trying to set up counters and, and misdirections off of that motion, and uh, they have to be able to get positive gains handing it off to that wing back in motion if they're going to make this offense work. And it's a handoff to number eight. That's a Lewis Trejo, the senior for the Whiteford Bobcats. Not a whole lot of carries this season, but he gets it out for enough to move the chains all the way down to the 30-and-a-half-yard line, a gain of four when they need it exactly then. Move the chains, and Whiteford marching at their own 31. So both both of the last two plays, that wing back that goes in motion, they take him in motion and send him towards the side of the field where there's more room to run and hand it off to him once around the left and once to the right, and uh, they able to get a first down after two plays. It's a handoff to Hunter DeBar, and it's the same exact play, and it gets out for about another six yards all the way out to the 36-yard line. Tackle made by Kanan Bruski out of the linebacking core. Another gain of six, second down and four is Whiteford not phased either. Yeah, they've gone away from that fullback dive that cost them on the last series because up front in the middle, Albany's defense is just as good as theirs. So now they're attacking the outside, attacking the defensive ends. They're going after Chris Oswald, going after Seth Maurer, trying to seal off the edge. And by the time the linebackers get there, they've already got five. And they try to go right up the middle of the Albany defense, and the jerseys swarmed to him leading the way was Kenan Peruski. And at the bottom of that pile, that was number 45, I do believe, with the carry, Drew Nags. So gain of a yard in the play. No, that, that was Drew Neggs, number 45, out for a gain of yard, third down and three for the Bear Cats on defense. That's uh, 26 is going to be that carrier ball carrier. Jake Hyatt oh, comes from that left wing back position, but Camden Pruski is waiting for him in that cut lane up the middle and chops him down. And Jake Hyatt gets another handoff, and he has the first down all the way out to about the 45-yard line before he's brought down. As a gain of seven on the play, move the chains. Another third down conversion for the Whiteford Bobcats. Tackle made by Mitchell Foote, defensive tackle. First and 10 for Whiteford at their own 45. Yeah, on the left side of that line, that's where Jake Iatt stands, right behind the tight end covering up uh, Jack Iatt, not to be confused over yes. there on that left side. And uh, from left to right, there's a couple plays where he cuts it up the middle and is able to get a first down. And they push it right up the middle. Left tackle Hunter DeBar gets the handoff out across midfield to about the 48 of Ubley. And it's another chunk play, gain of six according to the spot of the 49 of Ubley. Second down, four to go. Very similar. Same off, rhythm. Very similar rhythm, but the strength of this team is the same. They found a weakness where with Maurer and Heilig attacking the tackles, the outside of the outline of scrimmage, you're seeing this time with the wingbacks, you're seeing, you're seeing Whiteford do the same thing. As the timeout is called by the Ubley Bearcats as they want to discuss things, Jim Becker, that's the second timeout called by the Bearcats in this first half as they trail Whiteford 12-6, a minute 36 before the half is over. So Jim Becker and the Bearcats trying to keep another score off the board here for the Bobcats and trying to keep this a one-possession game at halftime. Oh, that would be huge. Ubley Bearcats would go into the locker room with 
all the momentum on their side if they can keep this team out of the end zone. But they got to slow down their running game. Six yards a crack is way too much. We got to get that back down to three. And they found some room with those wing backs looking like they're going to go out to the outside. And as soon as they find about the hash mark, they just plant and cut right up the middle. And we saw one time Cannon Peruski was there and chopped him down, but it's been blocked well by Whiteford. But essentially doing the same thing Ubley's doing just out of the double wing trying to just get to the outside, attack that defensive end, whether you cut inside of them or go around them. And uh, they found some good running lanes on this series. So a veteran coach like Jim Becker is no problem going out on the field, calling timeout, trying to slow down this momentum. You see it in basketball all the time. Good runs after good runs. Let's give my guys a breather. But a minute and a half to go before the half. Time is on Ubley's side. The ball is in Ubley territory just barely. They have lots of time to slow down this offense and keep them out of the end zone. Two receivers wide at the right double wing offense, and Shea Ruddy passes over to the right side. It's a bit of a screen pass over to Colby Mazarant. He gets out to the 44-yard line and has the first down by just a yard. Gain of five on that pass. Tackle made by number two, Caden Ozentoski for the other Bearcats. Moves the chains, stops the clock momentarily with a minute 31 left in this first half. There's the clock reset and rolling. First and 10 from the 44 of Hubley. Now two wide to the left, working off the right hash. And Shea Ruddy gets the snap, and he hands it off. He immediately got to Bowman, so what you consider a jet sweep. And there's Aiden Makoviak as well as Chris Oswald to blow that play up as the pass and the handoff was immediately off to number four, Hunter DeBar. And we have a timeout called by the Whiteford Bobcats with a minute 16 remaining in the first half. So Dave Hansen, some little bit of a chess match going on between here with Todd Thieke, or Thieke, and Jim Becker of the Elder Bearcats. No question about it. And again, th these guys uh, are the best at what they do. And, and Jim Becker been running this defense for a very long time. And he calls timeout. And yes, out of the timeout, Whiteford calls a screen pass. But the Elder Bearcats are in good position. They, they give up maybe four yards on that play. But chopped down by Caden Ozentoski in the open field. They do a good job of covering that. Yes, it got the first down. But Whiteford looked in a hurry they wanted to speed things up they flipped their play over tried to get those wide receivers to the far side the ugly side of the field and it, it looked like the timing was finally off and that's what jim becker wanted they they were in rhythm they were getting five and six yards of play that timeout is going to work it looks like because you see that yes to give the first down but right away on first down nowhere to go loss of one chris oswald gets off that tackle or gets off the block and then aiden makoviak follows him and the two of them swarm tackle the running back for a loss of one that's what you want you want to force whiteford to throw it when you know it's coming and that way your ball hawks especially evan peruski back there can try to make a huge play for your defense so it's now a second and ten no gain in that last play which was the pass over to the right side as ugly swarmed to that one so it's now second down, 10 to go from the 45-yard line. They get just to the other side of the 35 in Ubley territory. Left right across the radio are Whiteford leading 12-6 over Ubley just before the half is over. Double wing offense, staying in the pocket, looking downfield to throw. And this one is wide down into the 18 at the 15-yard line. And it's, inter and it's tipped down by Caden Ozentoski. Falls incomplete. Passes intended for Colby Mazaran down to the 15-yard line. Great coverage there from the senior, Caden Ozentoski. Incomplete, third down and 10 from the 45. It was good coverage. It was, it was no room to run. Caden Ozentoski was one-on-one. -on -one. The ball was just a hair 
underthrown, which is big. The, the wide receiver is 18, Colby Massaran. When he goes up, he's kind of got to come back for it just a little bit. And when Caden Ozentoski outstretches that right hand, he gets a full palm on the ball, deflects it out of the way. That's a great job in one-on-one, -on -one lonely coverage over there to make that stop. Third down and 10, and they hand it off, and it goes right up the middle down to about the 40 or the 39-yard line. Uh, handoff to number 45, Drew Neggs. Tackle made by Cannon Bruski, short of the line to gain by four yards. So a gain of actually five on the play, fourth down and five according to the spot at the ugly 39-yard line. 49 seconds and counting. It's a one-point or one-possession game, 12 to 6, Whiteford over Ugly, just before the half is over. Huge fourth down and five play because Whiteford is running the time down because they don't want to give Ugly any time. But at the same time, if they get it, they're going to want to speed up the process here. Shea Ruddy rolling to his right, looking past to his left, and it is brought in by number two flag flies at the 39 and he is short of the line to gain bass is brought in by ryan ruddy and a flag flies this could be it came from the far side judge i think it's a, a block in the back or or a hold on kyle gray out there trying to block in the back against whiteford exactly right they're trying to block out there in open space but there were three bearcats and only one blocker and he needed to knock somebody off the way to give his receiver a chance and it didn't have a chance. Great coverage there as Whiteford sells a, a play to the right and a throwback to the left screen pass completely covered by the Bearcats. They'll decline this penalty, and their defense does what they needed to do to keep this a one-score game. On Whiteford, number 72, penalty is declined. Ugly first down. So Whiteford's number 72. That's not, they, they don't have a 72. It's 61. It's Kyle Gray. Yeah, there it is. The center. So it's a turnover on downs. Ugly holds strong, despite the tag, despite the flag. Didn't matter because they were well short of the first down marker. First and ten for the Ugly Bearcats at their own 39-yard line. Evan Bruski calls his own number on the left side. Alvin Chuckin has room to run. He's across midfield. He breaks off another tackle. He runs out of bounds at the Whiteford 45-yard line with 18 seconds remaining in this first half. Don't call him done yet here before the halftime locker room. First and 10 probably stops the clock at the 45. Keep in mind, they just have to get in range, field goal range. Yes. It is a potential here to cut this down to a three-score game or three-point game. Uh, again, they would love to put some pressure on Whiteford. Whiteford, they're, they're going to play some pre-event style defense, so why not take a shot here? They did not put the ball in the air. It's a design run to Peruski, and he cuts back to the middle of the field on a design run to the left. And when he finds some space, he gets all the way back to the right side and out of bounds to stop the clock with 18 seconds to go. Out of the spread formation, rolling to his left. Peruski now is going to call, now throws it downfield, and this one is going to be underthrown. It's intercepted at the 30-yard line, brought in by Shea Ruddy, as that one comes down with nine seconds left and throws this one downfield not a whole lot of damage done there which is nine seconds left in the first half but another turnover two in favor of the bombcats now back at offense with nine seconds remaining in the first half and Pruski, Pruski just short arms it a little bit he felt the, the pressure coming and he does not throw a good ball it was a wounded duck he didn't get that nice spiral on it because when the play was breaking down shea ruddy comes up to help protect with the run mark Hyland goes deep there's probably five six yards between them and if Pruski's able to get some fire behind that throw he actually has an open receiver behind him and could have turned into a big play but with it underthrown it's going to be harmlessly intercepted and i believe that whiteford will just take this to the half whiteford takes a knee and we've reached halftime with a one possession ball game in the state championship whiteford 12 obli six after 24 minutes of play and you're listening to the w alleyw sports network obli trails at halftime but they're right in this one it's 12 to 6.
It is halftime in the state championship game in Division 8. And you're listening to the WLW Sports Network with your crew, Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole. Dan Banky and Kendall Anthus are afar now. They are down in the stands as we're down to a crew of three. We start with five. This is the game of... Uh, uh, I can't even think of what it's called. It's just, we're, we're just losing limbs here at this point. Dave Hanson, why don't you tell us how we got to this 12-6 to 6 football game after 24 minutes to play with Whiteford on top of Ubley. Yeah, and something we're not used to is uh, Whiteford is going to score first in this game on 100 to bar, 26-yard touchdown run. The two-point run would come up short, no good. Later in the quarter, it would be Shea Ruddy this time on a one-yard run. The two-point conversion was short again, and at the end of the first quarter, that's right, you heard it, Whiteford leads 12-0 over the Ubley Bearcats. But in the second quarter, the Ubley Bearcats get things going their way, starting with a huge interception by Evan Peruski in Whiteford territory. A few plays later, Mark Heilig punches in that elusive first touchdown of the game. Brett Mueller, PAT, was wide left, and that would be your three scores of the half, Clark, as the Whiteford Bobcats lead the Ubley Bearcats 12-6. Going through the statistics here on offense for Whiteford, Hunter DeBar is the leading rusher. Nine carries, 51 yards, and a touchdown. The other touchdown would go to Shea Ruddy. He has 19 yards rushing on the just five carries. Whiteford Bobcats, 176 yards of offense, 113 of them on the ground. The Ubley Bearcats, just 124 yards, but 108 of them coming through or on the via the rushing game two turnovers by the Bearcats in the first half. Kind of been the difference in this game. An Evan Peruski interception near the end uh, of the half didn't really affect the game, but that first series, that turnover by Evan Peruski uh, has been kind of the, the staple in this game. He does get it back with an interception of his own that led to Ubley's first score of the game, but the Ubley Bearcats, they take the momentum into the half. Yes, they are down 12-6, to six, but they owned that second quarter, uh, and able to find ways to stop the Bobcats offensively. Shea Ruddy is the real deal at quarterback for Whiteford. Uh, six completions on 10 attempts. He does uh, have that interception, but 63 yards through the air. He's made some plays with his legs. And again, 176 yards for the Bobcats to just 124 for the Bearcats. Three turnovers in the game uh, that have both two of the three have led to scores. And Again, the Ubley Bearcats, I feel like, have weathered this first quarter storm and kind of owned that second quarter with the only touchdown in that second quarter. You take a look. I mean, 176 for the Whiteford Bombcats, 124 for the Ubley Bearcats. But really, Ubley had a 30-yard scoring drive. So really, the stats are equal. The drives are equal. Time of possession is within one minute of each other. This game is neck and neck, as we expected. The two best teams in Division Eight in the state championship, as you want it to happen. And here we are from Ford Field, 24 minutes to play are completed, 24 minutes to go. Just talk to the Ubley coaching staff here in the, in the booth for just a moment. They're confident. They're feeling good as well. Absolutely, and they have every right to. They they weathered the storm. We, we wondered, said in the pre-show, will, will Ubley be shell-shocked if Whiteford scores first? And when Ubley won the toss and got the ball, I didn't think that was going to happen. And I definitely didn't think they were going to turn the ball over because they just haven't all year. But you put a helmet on the ball like they did, it's going to pop out. It just happens. Whiteford goes down and scores first, but I still think the, the couple of the main keys to this first half 
is the Albany Bearcats on early downs defensively have done a really nice job. They gave up too many big plays in that first quarter on third down and long and another one on fourth down and long. A broken play. Shea Ruddy was able to scramble on fourth down and 10 and get just that 10 and a half they needed for a first down that led to that second score. But the Albany Bearcats in the second quarter flipped the script. It was a bend, not break defense. They gave up some yards but got off the field and then they were able to get that first touchdown of the game. So they, their defense will come out first, but again, they have the momentum. And if they were to come out in this third quarter and make that stop and get the ball on their offensive side, the orange and back fan base is going to erupt. And if this offense can get back in the game, they have a real chance of getting taking the lead early in the third quarter. So Whiteford will get the ball to start the third quarter as Ubley won the toss elected to receive. Unfortunately, they fumbled on the second play of the game, which gave Whiteford the ball and marched right down the field. 52 yards and five plays in for the first score of the day. Ubley then punts on a three and out punt. Whiteford scores again 12-0, but then from that point forward, it's been pretty well the Ubley Bearcats. Ubley had a turnover on downs all the way down to the four-yard line. That one hurt, but they recovered well. Whiteford then throws an interception. Ubley then takes advantage of that 30 yards out, in for the score. Mark Halligan on a two-yard run, finishes that one off. It's 12-6. Then Whiteford has a turnover on downs, stopped at the 39-yard line of Ubley. Ubley throws an interception with nine seconds left, and here we are at halftime with a 12-6 ball game. Yeah, it's just strange to see because the Ubley Bearcats, I believe, have five possessions uh, so far this morning, and one punt, which they've done twice all year, They've lost a fumble and thrown an interception. Those are three of their first five possessions in this game. Very uncharacteristic of them. And again, the punt, that is fine. That happens. Good defenses make stops. But the turnover really hurt early in the game. Gave all the momentum to Whiteford. They punched that in for a score. And now here we are watching the Ubley Bearcats chase another team. And it's been fun to see. They the weather their storm the second quarter they owned it and if they can do the same in the second half i think momentum's on their side and one big stop to start this second half would be the big difference maker in my mind for that bearcat team so what do you think the ugly bearcats have to do to overcome this deficit and take the lead and bring home the state championship i think the offense has got to figure it out you got it you it's the last game of the year Mark Heilig's got to be fed the rock, continue to feed him, and then Seth Maurer got free on the other side. It, every game, there seems to be the two guys that feed off each other and create those big plays. And tonight, it's this morning. This morning. This morning. I know. I, I did really good in the first you half. You did, yes. That. Mark Heilig, and it's been Seth Maurer on the other side. Those have been your two leading ball carriers, uh, both of them with exactly 41 yards apiece. Mark Heilig with a couple extra carries to get there. But Makoviak has had no room up the middle, and they've bottled up Peruski on the outside. We haven't been able to say that about anybody we've seen play ugly this year, uh, except Iron Mountain, but that was weather-related. Those are the two guys that have been funneling around the edges a little bit that have been finding room to run. And then Evan Peruski uh, made a really nice throw. We know he's capable of that. And he is capable of making plays with his legs as well moving forward. But I think it's more of the same offensively. Defensively, they have to continue to slow down the early down running game. Whiteford has essentially run it on early downs every single time. And if they can create third down and five, third down and six, then those ball hawks can go and try and take that interception because Shea Ruddy's willing is aggressive. He's willing to throw it into traffic to his favorite receiver. We've seen him do that, and Evan Prusky was able to get a takeaway. No reason to think they can't do it again. It's time for a short break. We'll return in about three minutes with your second half action of the WLW Sports presentation of the Division 8 State Championship. From Ford Field, it's the Ubley Bearcats trailing Whiteford at halftime, 12-6 in a one-possession ballgame. 
You're listening to Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Dan Benke, and Kendall Anthos from downtown Detroit. start the second half here of the division eight state championship you're listening to your home for the entire postseason the entire 14 week long season has been right here on sports radio 1021 and live and worldwide at wlwsports.com clark ramsey dave hansen doug cole kendall anthes and dan bank you their call today from ford field dave hansen your thoughts so far through two quarters uh, it's been a great game, and one we've been waiting for. We've wanted to see the Albany Bearcats challenged in a game early in the game. Uh, don't like those turnovers, though. They got to got to clean that act up, and I have a feeling they will. Uh, I'll give them a pass on the interception late in the first half, but that fumble early really hurt them. Whiteford took advantage of that, and it took the rest of the quarter for the Ubley Bearcats to get their sea legs back, to get back underneath them, get back to their style of game. When they control the game and play the way Ubley wants to play, that's when you see this team absolutely take advantage of anybody that they put on the field across from them. And they dominated the second quarter. Yes, they only got six points, but Whiteford was unable to put up any points in that second quarter. And if they can continue to do that and showcase that strong defense and then get that running game going, this team can make that comeback. Just down six, that is very doable for this Ubley team. Whiteford will receive the kick to start the second half as Ubley won the toss elected to receive to begin the ball game. So, Brett Mueller will kick things off. Deep back for the Whiteford Bobcats, either number four and number one. Hunter DeBar and Shea Ruddy. And they stand at the two-yard line ready to kick from Brett Mueller, who is more than likely going to sail well over his head into the end zone. Unless instructed not to. That's the only <laughs> yes. way he won't. Well, it's been an interesting day so far. To say the least. We're down to a crew of three. Normally have five, still, if not six. We're still breaking the rules with three. Yes. You. Instead of dining with Doug, we have disappearing with Doug today. As every time an MHSA <laughs> official has to come around, he has to tuck around, take the jacket off. It comes into the one-yard line. Shea Ruddy runs out to about the 20-yard line before he's brought down by Aiden Makoviak, who wrapped him up immediately and marks him down right at the 20-yard line, so it might as well be a touchback as well. It's first and 10 for the Whiteford Bobcats. Right to left, Grosser Radio. Yeah, again, a great kick by Brett Mueller. As you can see, the uh, return man, Shea Ruddy, had one foot in the end zone, one foot out when he returned that ball. So it was right there as deep as you could possibly kick it, allowing a return. And Ruddy is aggressive. He's the type of guy that's going to try to make a play anytime he gets the ball in his hands, returns it out to the 20, acts like a touchback. So now they are going to try to go 80 yards on this very stout Bearcat defense. Starting from the 20-yard line on the right side of your radio, and it's a double wing, a pitch out to the left side to Hunter DeBar, number four. He's out to the 25-yard line, forced out of bounds by Mark Heilig, and they're going to say he went out of bounds at the 26-yard line for a six-yard gain on first down. So that same six-yard chunk that we saw in the first half, Whiteford doing the second half. Off to that same start, and, that, and that's the play that's got to stop. They're attacking the outside. The defensive end is getting sealed off. That's allowing guys like DeBar on that play to race to the sideline. The linebackers are getting beat. By the time Heilig gets there, he's already got six yards. On the second down, four to go. It's a handoff to Jake Hyatt, and there's the infantry from the white jerseys 
bringing him down for just short of the first down marker, but Aiden Makoviak is going to be credited for the tackle after just a gain of two on the play. Third down and two from the 28-yard line. And Evan Pruski may have even been there early as well, followed up by, again, that herd of defenders, Chris Oswald in the area, swarming to that tackle. But it's essentially the same play for Whiteford. They, that back, wing back, comes across. They pitch it to him to the outside. They do it two plays in a row, and Ubley finally stuffs the second one. And they go on the dive forward, and it looks like they got the first down marker. Well, scoring to this going to be... The line judge is staying on this side of the 30-yard line, and he gets to just the other side of it, and this is going to be short. So this is going to be a th fourth down in less than a yard to go out to the 29-yard line. They need to get about six, six inches as Hunter DeBar stops short. Yeah, I, I thought he had it too. That was a, a but there was a big pile, rugby-style pile there. It was very hard to see, but they had come up short, and even this far in your own 29-and-a-half-yard line, I can see a quarterback sneak here by Ruddy. Ruddy hands it off and hands it off to his big fullback and he gets across the 30 and converts on fourth down as there's the blue jerseys piling forward for about a two-yard gain, maybe three-yard gain. Out of the bottom of that pile, the big man number 45 fullback, that's Drew Neggs. Tackle made by Ubley's 61 Logan Vollmering nose guard. Move the chains after a two-yard gain. First and 10 from the Whiteford 32-yard line. And at 5'9", 190 pounds, he is the perfect guy for that scenario. Real shallow back just behind the quarterback, Ruddy, and he gets in there quickly and pushes the pile forward. Back to pass, throwing downfield for number 18, Colby Mazarant, and they say he brought it in across midfield, and they're going to mark him down at the 40. 243 yard line move the chains a big conversion for the Whiteford Bobcats throwing downfield. Oh, and that's a thing of beauty. That was uh, a double move. You see Ruddy pump fake and 18 Mazarant shows his numbers to the quarterback and then spins around. And it's a race to the sideline. And I think Caden, uh, Caden Bruski has pretty good coverage down the field, but it's a perfect throw to the sideline where only Mazarant can get it. And it's going to be a handoff, and this one goes absolutely nowhere. It's a handoff to Jake Iatt as the ugly front line really piling it up on him. And gains no gain on that one down to the 43 of Ubley. Second down, 10 to go. Yeah, they go right back to their bread and butter early in this drive with that wing back attacking the right side. And that time, you see the Ubley Bearcats, especially at the linebacker position, rotate to the sideline much better. They continue to force him to go further and further sideways, allowing no cut lanes, and eventually he goes down for no gain on the play. Ruddy going to keep it for himself around the outside, fakes the pitch, scrambles to the right, and making Bearcats miss all over the field. He's going to rotate back to the left, back to the right again, all over the place, and a huge run for Shea Ruddy and the Whiteford Bobcats. Uh, a naked bootleg to the right. Ubley had him swarmed, swarmed to the sideline. He's able to dance around that sideline. No passer there, and just Seth Maurer misses him, and then you see... Evan Peruski and no, number 11 come up. Luke Vollmering come up. Just completely miss. And then Shea Ruddy comes back to the middle of the field just making Bearcat defenders miss. Very uncharacteristic of the Bearcats. As the Whiteford Bobcats marching down the field inside the ugly 20-yard line all the way down to the 16 after a four-yard gain. Second down and six upcoming for Whiteford. Yeah, back to that play. That was a well-defended play by the Bearcats as Ruddy fakes that pitch to the left goes to the right they had him swarm down just dances around defenders too easy and then they get back in and hand it right back off and get up the middle for some quick yards 
Looks like Nags is the ball carrier on the play. And, and that quick fullback dive right up the middle out of that double wing goes straight ahead. And 64, Candon Peruski makes the tackle after a short gain for the Bobcats. Looks like they're going to spot it down a three-yard gain. Third down and a short two to go for the Bobcats. And they just right up the middle to Nags, dragging defenders. And he gets enough for the first down on the Ubley Bearcats. Number 30 with the tackle is Seth Maurer. And he's dragged a couple yards down the field for another first down for Whiteford. So the Ubley Bearcats facing off on defense with a first in goal situation from the seven yard line. Out of the double wing, Shea Ruddy hands it off to Hunter DeBar coming around the left side. And there is Logan Vollmering to bring him down, or Luke Vollmering, excuse me, after about a two yard gain down to the four yard line. And this is going to bring up a second down goal to go from the four. Yep, DeBar is that right wing back, and he comes across in motion. The quarterback is under center, and he Turns around and hands it off to him behind him and follows 54 through the hole. That's Braden Loose. Not much there. The Bearcats do a good job. Second down and goal for the Bobcats. From the four-yard line, it's a pitch out to Hunter DeBar once again. Lowers the shoulders into the end zone. Touchdown, Whiteford. Whiteford scores for the third time today as they march right down the field to start the second half. And they punch it in for six points on Hunter DeBar. Four-yard dive into the end zone. It's now 18-6. Whiteford by 12 points. That is not the start that the Ubley Bearcats wanted on to start this second half. Uh, it comes back to that busted play by the quarterback, Ruddy. They had him pinned down, and they turned what should have been a couple-yard loss into a massive gain, and Whiteford takes advantage and scores their third score of the game. And Shea Ruddy gets into the end zone for the two-point conversion on the quarterback keep. It is now 20-6, a 14-point lead for the Whiteford Bobcats over the Ubley Bearcats in the WLW Sports Network. And for those just joining us, Whiteford marches down the field and strikes for another time, 20-6. to six. As technology, credentials, nothing is on our side today, Dave Hansen. As we, the word on the street is that our computers inside the studio back in Bad Axe froze. So we had to reboot the system, and here we are back on air from Ford Field. As Whiteford marches down the field, two-point conversion is good as well. It's Whiteford 20, Ubley 6, with 7-12 remaining in the first and the third quarter as Whiteford starts out this second half with a bang. There's an old saying, Clark, when it rains, it pours, and uh, it's been pouring up here in our booth uh, this late this morning here. So, But uh, we will survive, and we will uh, continue to push forward and hope the Ubley Bearcats can uh, recover from this 13 point uh, 14 point deficit that they have as Whiteford was able to get that touchdown run and punch in their first two point conversion try 20 to 6 lead Whiteford leads the Bearcats 7-12 to go in the third quarter and the Bearcats offense uh, the special teams is coming on the field the offense will get their first shot at scoring points here in the second half so the Whiteford Bobcats feeling good but the Ellie Bearcats should not hang their heads there's plenty of football left here over just about 20 minutes of football to play here still. We're in the third quarter, 7-12, Whiteford 20, Ubley 6. Thank you for sticking with us here from Ford Field. Doug Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole in the booth. Kendall Anthes and Dan Banky in the stands. Don't tell anybody that Doug Cole's up here. Yeah, no. no. No one call the <laughs> MHSA right now. That's the last thing we need. As Hunter DeBar's kick comes down, and he's going to be over the heads of 
Mark Heilig and into the end zone for a touchback. So it'll be an 80-yard field in front of the Bearcats, trailing by two touchdowns, 20-6. to six. Joined by 14 points with 7-12 remaining in the third quarter. Yeah, no, no reason at the panic button yet. You still have plenty of time to run your offense. And they, in games like this, they have been waiting and ready for play-action pass. They have that in the playbook. They are very comfortable using it. But no need to throw a whole bunch of them at this Whiteford defense. You are having success running it with the high league mauer combination, and I think they start out with that here to get us started. On to their first drive here. It's a handoff to Mark Heiligan. He's out for about six yards. That seems to be the play of the day for both sides of the ball. Out to the 26-yard line. Bottom of that pile is a blue jersey somewhere. We'll get a tackle made by number 79 for Whiteford. That'll be Shane Sakura for the Bobcats. Second down, four to go. Very different formation, but the concept of how to beat one another has been exactly the same. And Mark Heilig gets off to a very good start with a six-yard carry around the left side. T formation. Bruski hands it off to Mark Heilig. He's out. He lowers his shoulder, and he's going to be stopped short just of the 30-yard line out to the 29. A gain of a yard tackle made by Shea Ruddy after a three-yard pickup. will set up a third down, one yard to go, less than a yard, about a foot to go for Eric Sweeney's Bearcats. Left to right across the radio, trailing 20 to 6. Six and a half left here in the third quarter. And that's right where you want to be. You get that nice gain on first down. You get that important three on second down, and it's it's third down in inches, and you can go with pretty much anybody in the backfield here to get this first down. Bruski under center. Hands it off to Seth Maury. He has the first down and room to run. He's all the way down to the 40, out to the 42-yard line before he's finally tracked down by Seamus Waterford for the Bobcat defense. Move the chains, a third down conversion for Ubley. Oh, what a great cut. Clark, that is that a great a cut. Great that was cut. a great cut down the field. It was. And Seth Maurer around the right side uh, finds that hole, and then he cuts back to the middle of the field and gets that extra on top. He gets that important first down after a couple yards, cuts back to the middle of the field, and gets into the secondary for a big run for Ubley and another first down. As Cameron Ferris center runs up to the line with lots of energy, and now it's a handoff to Evan Bruski, quarterback keeper, breaks out of one tackle, breaks out of two, and it's finally brought down inside Boydford territory down to the 47-yard line. Brought down by Ryan Ruddy, who's coming up a little gingerly as Evan Bruski running with energy down the field, and another move the chains moment for the Ubley Bearcats. It's a pent-up aggression there for Evan Bruski because he didn't get to carry the ball at all last week. He hasn't so carried the know, ball for 14 weeks. That, that, he's had plenty of carries and yards to boot. <laughs> When he, he makes big plays when he does get the ball. So he's been bottled up now for a couple weeks. Weather didn't help him. And then he fumbled early in this game. You can bet he wants the ball early and off in the second half. And that's why, because he's as elusive as Ubley has when he gets out in open space. Bruski gets the snap, hands it off to Mark Holly. Coming around left side, he has a lead blocker. He's out to across the 40 and finally brought down at the 39-yard line. That's going to be a gain of eight on the play. Tackle made by middle linebacker Jake Iad for the Whiteford Bobcats. A gain of eight. Two yards, a long two, maybe three yards, according to the spot. They're going to mark him down just shy of the 39. So second down, three yards to go. We get the luxury of watching some replays and seeing it on the, the Megatron well, afterward. <laughs> uh, but, Clark, I absolutely love watching Aiden Makoviak play in this backfield. Uh, only two carries for three yards, which is why he doesn't get talked about enough, but he absolutely eliminates a linebacker on that play to help free up that running back and give Mark Heilig plenty of room to operate. This time it's a handoff to Seth Maurer, breaks out a one-arm tackle and comes all the way down to about the 35-yard line before he is stopped. Enough to move the chains on second down. They needed three, they got four. Tackle made by Whiteford's 54, Braden Loose defensive tackle. Move the chains for the third time in this drive alone for the Ubley Bearcats marching down the field as they trail 20-6, to six, but marching down, four and a half left in the third. 
Ford. It's very important at this time of the season at Ford Field that your running backs are able to make guys miss. And Ryan Ruddy had a free shot at Seth Maurer, and he just bounces right off of him and continues to pile forward to get a couple yards on that play. Mark Heilig breaks out of one tackle and takes two blue jerseys to bring him down all the way down to the 30-yard line. As he was hit quite hard there, but he's up high back on his own two feet. Down to the 31-yard line, tackle made by Hunter DeBar who's a safety out of the secondary. Gain a hard-fought four yards for Mark Heilig. Second down, six to go. Hard-fought is uh, absolutely the Might right word. Maybe Maybe he's, he's running hard, and that first guy that hits Mark Heilig feels it the most. Mark, Mark is hitting people extremely hard as he takes that ball and runs people over, not really caring about going around him, running through him, delivering a ton of punishment on those carries. Trailing by 14 points, and Seth Maurer's out for the run. He needs across the 20, down to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! Ugly Bearcats, Seth Maurer breaks free from 31 yards out, in for the score, and the Bearcats are back within this thing. It's a one-possession ball game once again. 3.34 left in the third quarter, Whiteford 20. Seth Maurer punches it in for the second time today for the Bearcats. Obli with 12. More than likely a two-point conversion coming up, or do they stick to their game plan? Oh, you kicked the extra point. There you're we down, go. You're, you're, you're down 14. Kick the extra point. Brett Mueller's been as efficient as anybody, and when he misses, there isn't anybody else I'd rather double down on to knock this one through. Seth Maurer with the kick. The kick, er, Brett Mueller was hit. The PAT is good regardless, and it's a seven-point ball game. 334. Left in the third quarter. Whiteford 20. Obley responds with a score of their own. 20-13. to 13. Still 15 minutes of football left right here on the WNW Sports Network. The Ugly Bearcats have a lot of momentum on their side. We got the energy back up here in the booth as well. 334 left in the third quarter. White for 20, but the Bearcats with 13. Both teams strike to start the second half. And Ugly, both teams going 80 yards down the field. The Ugly Bearcats did it in sub four minutes there. White for it in 448. Ugly with 34 plays of offense on the day. Nine plays, 80 yards, and three minutes and 38 seconds down the field for the score. Capped off with a Maurer 31-yard run. Seth Maurer leading the way with 10 carries and 89 yards. Mark Heilig at 14 carries, 62 yards, and a score both for Maurer and Heilig. Evan Bruski, 5 carries and 34 yards. Makoviak just 2 carries for 3 yards, but like you said, Dave, making some huge blocks for the Ugly Bearcats. Aiden Makoviak is not getting enough credit for what is being was happening on the field, especially in the second half, as he is completely eliminating a player from the play. And then Seth Maurer especially. Mark Heilig running people over. Seth Maurer is the one that's making people miss by cutting back to the middle of the field. He did it two times on that series. Both times he turned a three-yard gain into a first down. And the second time he took that three-yard gain and turned it into a 31-yard touchdown run. And Brett Mueller's kick goes through the back of the end zone for a touchback and the Whiteford Bombcats will start out at their own 20-yard line once again. 3.34 left of the third quarter and it's still a one possession ball game. Ottawa Lake Whiteford, better known as Whiteford, 262 students in their school, Tri-County Conference, won the state championship in 2017, a maiden appearance in 2016, making their third appearance today, much like the Ugly Bearcats. Bearcats made in 2008, 2020, and now 2022. First and 10 for the Barrett Bobcats at their own 20 right to left crosser right here. Shea Ruddy under center of the double wing. It's a handoff to Hunter DeBar, and he pushes forward out for maybe three yards. That's better. 
for the Elby front line there on the bottom of the pile. We'll give credit to Aiden Makoviak as well as 68 Parker Peruski on the stop for just three yards out to the 23-yard line, second and seven. And that's what I like because Chris Oswald was in that play as well. And when Hunter DeBar gets the ball, he is looking for that cut lane. That wingbacker is looking for any sort of cut lane to get out of the backfield. They don't want to take losses on the play. And if you can cut up field early and get ahead for four or five, that's what you're looking for. And if there's nothing there, you just keep going to the sideline until you find it. And when he cut up the middle, he didn't find a whole lot, a lot of ugly defenders. Shea Ruddy hands it off to Jake Hyatt in the Jake Hyatt was almost knocked down for a loss of three in the backfield, but he got out of the shoestring tackle and pushed forward, brought down by Aiden Makoviak, and he gets out to the 25-yard line. That'll be a gain of, well, about three yard, two yards on that one. Third down and five upcoming. They need to get to the 30-yard line for a first set of downs. Much better job because there's chaos in the backfield. Aiden Kohler had a shot at Jake Hyatt before he was able to leave the backfield. He was able to escape from that, but he had lost his momentum, and the rest of the ugly defense swarms to make the tackle. And now it's third down and five. This is where that Bearcat defense is going to come up big. Rolling to his right, looking downfield to pass. Now he's going to keep it for himself, and he's in trouble. And here come the white jerseys, bringing him down short of the first down marker at the 26-yard line. They're going to say he got out somehow out to the 28, but it doesn't matter. He's short of that first down, and they're going to have to punt this one away. And Shea Ruddy took quite a lick from Chris Oswald. Four out there for the Ugly Bearcats. Fourth and two to go from the 28. And Shea Ruddy, for the first time in this game, made his worst decision possible because number four right there was wide open. That's Hunter DeBar had an opportunity for an easy first down. The Ubley Bearcats were feeling like he was going to keep it for himself, and he did. And when he kept it for himself, it was a swarm of white jerseys to make that tackle and bring on the punting unit for the Bobcats. Hunter DeBar stands his own 15 and punts this one away, and it comes in and bounces out of bounds at about the 40 of Ubley. So this is going to be favorable field position for the Bearcats. Forcing a three-and-out punt after striking from 80 yards for a drive. And now the Bearcats have a chance to tie this one up. Still in the third quarter, a minute 33 left. Whiteford 20, Ubley 13, and they're going to mark him down at the 40. So Ubley with a 60-yard field, field in front of him. Yes, and it's a field position battle when these teams get going. And when Brett Mueller kicks it out the back of the end zone, you got 80 yards to go on this defense. Ubley makes a stop. Now they only have to go 60 on Whiteford, and they didn't have a chance stopping him last possession. We'll see if they continue to keep the momentum rolling. It's a handoff, and it's going around the left side, and it is Mark Heilig out almost to midfield after a seven-yard gain out to the 47-yard line, forced out of bounds by the secondary of Whiteford. Seven-yard pickup, second down and three. Stops the clock with a minute 27 left in the third quarter. Whiteford 20, Ubley 13, and Ubley getting momentum on their side. The sea legs are underneath them, and they're marching down the field. Yeah, that one-two combo today has been Mark Heilig and Seth Maurer leading the way, Mark Heilig, and that time he bounced to the outside, kept bouncing it to the outside, and angled his way for seven yards on first down. Anything in the playbook is possible here on second down. Mark Heilig gets the handoff. He's across midfield. First down, still on his feet. And his sound finally brought down on a second and third effort down to the 46 of Whiteford. Finally brought down by Hunter DeBar. And Mark Heilig gets the first down. Move the chains. A fresh set of downs in Whiteford territory, the 46-yard line. And we still have a minute 19 and counting here in the third quarter. What I love about it is... Whiteford has no answer. No. They, they, it's the exact same play, whether it's Heilig around the left or Maurer coming back to the right. And this is the that gap in stopping the wing tee that we saw in Whiteford, and they are attacking it and exposing it at will right now. It's a handoff to Seth Maurer. He's out for the running, and he has out all the way down to inside the 40, down, brought down to the 38-yard line, and brought down by Hunter DeBar. Otherwise, that would have been in for six points. Seth Maurer moves the chains for the Bearcats. We're under one minute left here in the third quarter. Whiteford 20, Ubley 13. 
Yeah, huge hole there again. Aiden Makoviak clearing out the linebacker, uh, Jake Iatt, and then that allowed leaves number four on his own, Hunter DeBar. And if you don't make that tackle, you're exactly right, Clark. Seth Maurer is going to go all the way. And there's, there is no stopping this game around the outside. The only difference for Whiteford is they don't know if they're going to go left or right. Seth Maurer, 97 yards of the day, and it's a handoff to Maurer. He got that 100 yards and he crossed the 35. It finally brought down to the 33-yard line, brought down by Ryan Ruddy, outside linebacker, six foot one junior for the Bobcats. And another fresh set of downs for the Bearcats marching down the field. 21 seconds left here in the third quarter. They're going to let the clock roll out, and we're on to the fourth quarter with the Ubley Bearcats marching down the field with momentum on their side, and the Ubley faithful from the M19 Valley are pleased about that. 12 minutes remain in the Division 8 State Championship, and you're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. This is why we play the game, folks. This is why we are here. A one-possession game in the fourth quarter. 12 minutes to remain, and it's 20-13. to 13. Whiteford on top right now, but the Bearcats are marching down the field. They'll start out with the on the Whiteford 33-yard line, first in 10, now marching right to left across your radio. Unbelievable game here thus far. This is uh, the game we've been waiting for, uh, Clark. This is what we've been after is uh, a competitive game. We want to see how good, how far deep that ugly Bearcat team can dig and battle with another team. And, and Whiteford has been all of that and then some. But even though ugly Bearcats are down seven, they have the football. And that third quarter, into the third quarter, did nothing for this ugly Bearcat team except pause their momentum because everything is going their way offensively. They have found the weakness and they have exposed it and they have not gone away from it. It has been Heilig to the left and Maurer to the right and no exceptions. Just continue to block it down until Whiteford does something different. And as soon as they do, the Albany Bearcats will take that chess piece and move it over and attack that spot. 12 minutes on the board. 20 to 13, Whiteford leading Ubley. But it's Bearcats with all the momentum and swing on their side. Both teams 13-0 entering today. Whiteford, the 2020, or excuse me, the 2017 state champs. Probably making their last appearance in 2020 when, when they were blanked. 22-0. So many comparisons between Whiteford and Ubley. Both third times, this is their third trip each to Ford Field attempting to win a state championship. Both teams, Evan Peruski, a three-year starting quarterback, will be a four-year starting quarterback next year. Shea Ruddy is a four-year starting quarterback for Whiteford. Just that um, longevity at quarterback, that steady coaching staff. This, there's eerie similar things going on with these teams. And you can see the chess match of how they attack each other. And when Ubley takes away that first down run, that creates chaos for that Whiteford offense, and it would do the same thing if Whiteford were able to stop Ubley on first down and get a tackle in the backfield, but they haven't even been close. Mark Heilig and Seth Maurer leading the charge for this Bearcat offense. Evan Bruski enters center at the Bobcat 33-yard line. T formation all day, with the exception of a couple plays, and this one's a handoff to Mark Heilig, and he's across the 30, and finally brought down at the 29-yard line for a four-yard pickup on first down. Tackle made by outside linebacker Drew Neggs, Jr. And 
Second down, six to go for Ubley inside the Whiteford 30-yard line. And that time, I, I thought Whiteford did a better job, but just nobody hits Heilig back. Heilig hits you and bounces forward and off of you to get those three and four yards on every single play. And that's what makes the difference for this Ubley offense to continue to grind out first downs. Evan Peruski under center. Hands it off to Seth Maurer. He's across the 25 and still on his feet across the 20. Then finally brought down at about the 18-yard line. Tackle made by Shea Ruddy out of the secondary. Move the chains once again from the 29 down to the 18 and 11-yard pickup for Seth Maurer. 13 carries for 113 yards and a score today. Yeah, you're seeing the defensive backs favor the Mark Heilig side of the field. And with when Seth Maurer takes it the other way, there is some open space. When he gets into the linebacking court, he has been coming back to the middle of the field and tacking on an extra five or six a couple times now. 113 yards on the ground for Maurer and more to come here. And he play. gets another handoff. He's inside the 15 all the way down to the 12. Whiteford has no answer for Seth Maurer in the backfield of the Bearcats. Tackle made by Jake Iatt again. Down to the 12 from the 16, down from the 18-yard line. A gain of six, second down and four. No answer is exactly right. It's back and forth, left and right. Which way is it coming next? Because they can't stop either of these plays, and it doesn't matter which one they call. I like Ubley's chances of getting three or four again on this play. 10-29 left in regulation. Evan Bruski hands it off to Mark Heilig, and he's out of the backfield across the 10 and finally brought down at the nine-yard line. Shea Ruddy brings him down, and Mark Heilig a little slow to get up because he hit a, was hit quite hard on that stop from Shea Ruddy, just short of the first down line to gain by a yard. Third down, one yard to go for the LA Bearcats inside the Whiteford 10. They trail by one touchdown, 20 to 13. 10 minutes remain in the state championship division eight. And that was one of the few times that Mark Heilig was hit, and it was Shea Ruddy, the quarterback, that stuck him and knocked him backwards. So finally somebody makes a big hit on Heilig, but he still gets his two and a half, three yards on the play. The Whiteford faithful come alive, and it's Seth Maurer out for the run. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, Ubley! Seth Maurer with his second score of the day, this time from nine yards out. Puts Ubley within one point with a PAT upcoming. 9.41 left in the fourth quarter, and the LA Bearcats are just a kick away from tying this one up. 20-20 to 20 upcoming. It's 2019 right now. Brett Mueller, one of the best kickers in the entire state, on the field. Coming in to make a very important extra point. Get this game back to where we started at 20 apiece as they set up for the extra point after that Seth Maurer touchdown run. Nine yards for Seth Maurer. The kick is up, and the PAT is through Good. the uprights. It is a tie ball game, 20 to 20. 9.41 left in the fourth quarter. Huge momentum swing for the LA Bearcats. Two scores in the second half to Whiteford's one, and we are tied 20 to 20. We'll stick with you here, folks. This one is coming down to the wire as it should. Two undefeated teams in the Division 8 state championship. It was the Associated Press poll, the coaches poll. One had Whiteford, one had Ubley in the number one spot. This is why we play the game, and this is why the LB Bearcats have been dominant all season. No doubt about it, and Whiteford can say a lot of the same things, but the Ubley Bearcats play a different style of football, a different level of intensity. They're more physical. They come after you on every single play, and it doesn't matter if it's 60 to nothing and they're leading or they're down. They make physical tackles on every single play and wear you down, and you are seeing it right now as the Ubley Bearcats stick to their game. They run the tee. They figure out who is going to have that 
Good it factor today. Who is the guy that's going to expose their defense? It's been Mark Heilig. It's been Evan Peruski. But today it is Seth Maurer. Mark Heilig doing some of the dirty work, grinding out those four yards, and then coming back to Seth Maurer. And he has made the Whiteford defense pay. And as Mark Heilig grinds out those four and five yards, churning to get closer for the first downs. It's been Seth Maurer that's been planting that foot, cutting back to the middle of the field and making that one defender miss and strolling into the end zone for the second time today. And Seth Maurer gets this ugly Bearcat team back to square one. Mueller, a couple very important PATs. And now this defense and all the momentum with the orange and black. Brett Mueller going to kick it away here, and Whiteford's going to try and recover and get back into this game. 60 yards, 3 minutes and 52 seconds off the clock. Nine plays kept off with a Seth Maurer nine-yard dash into the end zone for the score. 20-20 to 20 after Brett Mueller made PAT. He's two for three on the day. Both sidelines come alive. High atop the field here in Ford Field. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Dan Banky, and Kendall Anthus with your call. Brent Mueller ready to kick things off from his own 40-yard line deep back for the Whiteford Bobcats. That would be number one, Shea Ruddy, as well as number 23 for Whiteford, Stepan Mazarant, as well as number four, Hunter DeBar. If anything goes as it has the entire season, this is going to be a touchback from Brent Mueller. Runs up for the kick. And the kick is away, and this one's going to go for the right edge, and this one's going to go right into the end zone at the two yards inside, and this will be a touchback. So Whiteford will have an 80-yard field in front of them from their own 20-yard line, tied at 20 apiece, 9.41 left in regulation. Standard operating procedure. You don't get very good field position after the Ugly Bearcats score, and that's been an advantage to them all season long thanks to that veteran kicker, Brett Mueller. And 80 yards on this defense is not easy to do. Whiteford has successfully done that a couple times today, but they've had no momentum since that first quarter. It's been all Ugly Bearcats, and they, they can make them stops on that wing back attacking the outside. I like their chances to get off the field quickly. They pitch it out on the first try here to Hunter Debari. He's out for five, six yards, out to about the 26-yard line before he's stopped. Brought down by Kandon Peruski, linebacker junior for the LB Bearcats. It's a gain of six on the play, second down and four. That seems to be the number of the day. Yeah, that, and that's what Ubley's been getting on first down and second down. That's what Whiteford wants to do as well. They want to lure you in, get that running game going, and they're not afraid to throw the football. They will do it early and often, but four-year starting quarterback, I can't blame him for having an entire playbook ready to go against this Bearcat defense. In the double wing from their own 26-yard line. Quarterback keeper around the left side. He has a lead blocker, but there's the white jerseys to bring him down for maybe a gain of a yard out to the 27-yard line. Lead the charge for the LB Bearcats. That'd be Aiden Kohler, sophomore defensive tackle. Lead or fourth most tackles on the team with 62, 37 solos, 25 assists entering today. And he made a count there. Third and three upcoming. Strange play as they fake the handoff and spin quarterback Ruddy back to the far side of the field but his three backs that are out there none of them really attack the ugly defenders they just kind of sell their fake and hang out and he grabs nags and right in front of him and pushes him ahead like please go block somebody when he doesn't it's just a swarm to the ball no gain it may be less on the play the Bearcats defense in a good position to get off the field 
Shea Ruddy rolls to his right, looking downfield to throw, and he does, and it's brought in by Hunter DeBar. He has the first down in his up end of the 40-yard line by the secondary. Leading though, that was Caden Ozentoski on the stop, but not enough to move the chains all the way out to the 40-yard line. First and 10 conversion on third down. Big-time play call, trusting your senior veteran quarterback. It's a play-action bootleg to the right, the throwing side of the quarterback, and there's three different receivers at three different depths. One in the flats, one about five yards down the field, and one of 10 to 15. And the Ugly Bearcats have an underneath, a middle, and a deep back. They throw it underneath that middle guy, an easy throw and catch. Well done by Whiteford. Ugly can't get off the field now. Try to do it here on first Another down. quarterback keeper, and he's brought him down in the backfield. Aiden Kohler got through the line. He tried to hide the ball in his left hip, and Kohler brought him down for a loss of two on the play, maybe even three, back to the 37-yard line, second and 13 upcoming. Aiden Kohler, the sophomore, making his presence known. And that's what I'm getting at. That is what they need to do. They allow that pass to go, but that was a well-executed play design throw and catch from Ruddy to his favorite receiver to bar, but that time Kohler gets in the backfield. If he doesn't, there's a lot of running room for Shea Ruddy, but it doesn't matter as Kohler gets in the backfield and doesn't miss him. Trips him up for a loss on first down. Those plays make a big difference because now Whiteford is out of rhythm and going to have to go to the passing game maybe early. And now he's scrambling. He's out of room, and he's going to have to keep it for himself. He gets out of bounds after about a five-yard gain. He's forced out of bounds by number 64, Cannon Bruski for the LA Bearcats all the way out to about the 44-yard line. So it's a gain of seven, but still a third down in mid-range, third down in six upcoming for Whiteford. And that's just fine. The Ugly Bearcats want third down and medium to third down and long. Pretty good uh, scrambling play there as the play broke down. Nobody open, and Ruddy does what he does best, makes a play with his legs. Evan Peruski does that for Ugly. Ruddy does that for Whiteford. The Ugly Bearcats minimize the damage, force him out of bounds. Third down and six is a much better scenario, though, for Whiteford. These Bearcats going to have to come on strong. They've been throwing it on third down. And they're going to hand it off this time right up the middle, and there's Ugly to stop him in his tracks. Gets out to maybe the 46-yard line at best. There's the handoff to the big fullback. I do believe, no, that's Hunter DeBar on the bottom of that pile. And not much going there and brought down by Mark Heilig out of the secondary, making the stop after just a gain of two on the play. Out to the 45-and-a-half-yard line, and Whiteford going to have to punt this one away. I would like to think, but they're keeping the offense out there right now, facing a fourth and four-and-a-half yeah, in their is, own territory. That, that is tough. I, I think Coach Deacon thought this was four-down territory, but I fully believe that he expected to get a lot more than one on that play. I think I'd punt it away, but they're going if for he it. goes for it, that tells me all I need to know. They do not trust their defense against this ugly offense right now. It's going to be quarterback keeper on the left side. He has two lead blockers. And he's going to be have to cut back up, and he's going to be uh, – he's got it by two yards and a second effort. He plowed over Aiden Koviak at the 43-44 and brings him down at the 43-yard line, enough to move the chains just by that much. And a conversion on fourth down brings up a Whiteford first down, but still – Whiteford marching down the field here, 6.09 left in the fourth quarter, tied to 20 to piece. Credit where credit is due. We knew Whiteford was good, but that is a state championship worthy, ballsy call. And Shea Ruddy rewards Whiteford, making Mark Heilig miss in the backfield and dragging a defender just enough for a very important first down. Hunter DeBar gets the carry. He's out to about the 45-yard line. Gang tackled down at the 45 of Ubley. Bottom of that pile is a white jersey somewhere. And it looks like Makoviak is out of the pile of those golden shoes. It's a gain of three on the play. Second down, seven to go. They need to get down to the 38 of Ubley. 5.45 left in the fourth quarter, 20 to 20. Ubley's defense, though, recovers well. Keep them to that three yards or less. Force them 
to go into their playbook and pass the football, do different things, and allow your defense to swarm to the football. Jake Iad gets the handoff, and he's going to drag three jerseys with him all the way down to the 40-yard line before he is stopped. Mark Heilig and Cannon Bruski will be credited for that tackle short of the first down marker by a yard. So third down, one yard to go for Whiteford. They're at their own, at the ugly 40, then you get down to the 39. Yeah, Chris Oswald got into the backfield, but just couldn't quite get enough of, of Ayat there to bring him down, grab that jersey, but Ayat had enough momentum to drag him ahead. It's a handoff to Drew Nags, the big fullback, and he powers forward all the way down to about the 36-yard line before he is stopped. Chris Oswald will be credited for the tackle. Move the chains, another third down conversion for the Whiteford Bobcats. They're one, or it's two for three on this drive alone, one for one on fourth downs. And they're marching down the field. They're at the ugly 36-yard line, tied with five minutes left in the five, fourth quarter. No doubt about it. Nags is a weapon in short down scenario. He is a bruiser back. For and they hand it off once ahead. again, and he's going to be stopped immediately as the front line of the ugly defense came up to the line and leading the way. That would be number 64. Candon Peruski brings down Drew Nags for, they're going to say, one yard out to the 45-yard line, or excuse me, 35-yard line, and that's being generous. Second down, nine to go for Whiteford. No doubt about it. I don't think there was any forward progress there as Peruski and company leading the way. Uh, interesting play call on first down. That's usually their one yard to go play, and that was all they were going to get on it to begin with. Rolling to his right, looking to pass. Downfield, it is brought in. Yes, brought in inside the 25-yard line. They mark him down at the 22 passing on second down and they convert for another fresh set of downs on the edge of the red zone at the ugly 22 yard line with 417 remaining 20 to 20 ugly and whiteford all tied up yep ugly had it pinched off but they even though they bootleg them to the short side of the field there's those three receivers that come out one shallow one in the middle one deep and they were able to squeeze one into that middle backer and get a huge first down for whiteford ugly calls a timeout with 414 remaining in the fourth quarter that's their first of the second half so they have two remaining. Whiteford hasn't used a timeout either. 4-14 left in the fourth quarter. Ubley 20, Whiteford 20. This ball game at halftime was Whiteford by one score, 12-6. We've had three scores in the second half, two of them for the Ubley Bearcats. Whiteford's last drive was a three-and-out punt that ended at their own 28-yard line. Ubley scored on a Seth Mauer 90-yard run 60 yards down the field. And Whiteford now started their own 20-yard line, and they are at the ugly 22-yard line. Yeah, that's right, Clark. And it just this is the game we've been waiting for. And I'm wondering how ugly feels about a timeout. I mean, they're obviously trying to preserve as much time as possible, but you got to keep at least one or two of them in your pocket, hoping you get the ball back no matter what happens in this scenario. Whiteford in the driver's seat. Yes, it's a tie game, 4.14 to go, but the ball down at the 23-yard line of Ubley. They are driving. They are in the driver's seat as the best chance to win this game. The Ubley defense and Jim Becker rallying right now to try and stop this running game and keep Shea Ruddy at bay and try to keep them out of the end zone. Hopefully have enough time for one more possession on offense. First and 10 for the Whiteford Bobcats. 4-14 remaining in the fourth quarter. We've seen Ubley come up with defensive stop after defensive stop. And if they're going to win the state championship, they're going to need one right now. 20-20, Ubley and Whiteford. Momentum's been on the side of the Bearcats this second half. Right now, though, Whiteford trying to milk this clock and not give Ubley another chance. Four minutes and change left in the fourth quarter. Shea Ruddy under center of the double wing offense. There's the snap, going to call for himself, and he's going to keep it. He's across the 20, and it's finally on his, brought down, still on his feet inside the 15, and finally brought down to the 13. 
Caden Ozentoski brings him down short of the first down marker by a yard. A nine-yard pickup. Shea Ruddy on a part one, part two, and part three of that run gets him down nine yards. He's very elusive, and I give him that credit, but we've seen Evan Peruski do that exact same play out of the tee where he gets it, spins all the way around, fakes the handoff to his fullback, and then fouls the fullback through the hole, and that time he fouls Nags, bounces it out to the right, and breaks a shoestring tackle. When you break tackles in the middle of the field, it turns into big gains. Ubley Bearcats got to wrap up the ball carrier. Two wide left, and it's a pitch out to the left side to Hunter DeBar. He's inside the 10. He's going to streak into the down to about the four-yard line before he's forced out of bounds by Evan Peruski at the five. So an eight-yard pickup, move the chains, first and goal to go for Whiteford with 3.29 left in the fourth quarter. Now, this does give plenty of time for Ubley if a score is even made here. There's another key to this, too, is Whiteford will go for two if they score. That is, will go for two. So if they get it, that negates the Brett Mueller weapon. If they don't get it, then the Brett Mueller weapon becomes the difference maker in this game. But right now, with 3.29 to go in the game, Whiteford first and goal from the five. Double wing this time to the right side. Shea Reddy calls his own number. He's going to have nowhere to run. He's going to be brought down back at the 10-yard line by a gang of white jerseys. Mark Heilig, Evan Bruski brings him down. <laughs> and just in case, number 68, Parker Bruski was there as well. It's a loss of five on the play. Actually, mark him down for a loss of four at the nine. Second and goal to go from the nine. Clock rolling under three minutes. There was no enthusiasm on that play for Whiteford. It was a snap to the quarterback and a design run to the right. And he goes sideways from where he gets the football. And there is nobody there except white jerseys flying to the football. That is an uncharacteristic and a bad call and bad execution by Whiteford to lose four yards in that play. Awesome job by the Bearcats defense. And it's going to pitch out to the left side, Hunter DeBar, and he's being brought down for after just a modest two-yard gain as Caden Ozentoski brings him down at the seven-yard line. So good stop there. Now third down, goal to go from the seven-yard line for the Little Bearcats. And if you're Whiteford, you want this clock to run as much as possible. But third and goal from the seven, you've just ran two run plays that have combined for a total loss of two yards. Do you throw the football? It's oh boy. worked pretty well. But it if it falls incomplete, it stops the clock. So they've already made a very big-time call on fourth down in the middle of the field. It, this is the play of the game for Whiteford. Has two receivers wide left wing back on either side of him. And he's going to be, and we have a whistle as that play was broken from the get-go and a timeout called by Whiteford with 2.06. As the entire front line of Ubley marched right through and was ready to tackle him as he had the ball in the hand, but there was a timeout called first. So this is Whiteford's first timeout of the second half with 2.06 remaining in regulation. They're facing a third and goal from their own, from the ugly seven-yard line. That is the, uh, it's only been one year at the helm for Todd Thiekin, but that is the timeout of the year for him because yeah. if that, he does not call that timeout, Logan Vollmering is unblocked and hugging the quarterback as soon as he gets the football, and that's a huge timeout for Whiteford. But that's okay. The Ubley Bearcats have them third down and seven yards to go to the end zone. They still are holding up well on the defensive side. And it's bend, not break for the Ubley Bearcats. And by chance, Whiteford gets in the end zone. You have to stop that two-point conversion because then momentum is still on your side. You have enough time to get down the field, score a touchdown, and have Brett Mueller win you the game. 2.06 remains in the fourth quarter. Whiteford 20, Ubley 20. It was 12-0, Whiteford at the end of the first quarter. Ubley tacked on a score in the second to make it 12-6 at halftime. Then it was 20-13 at the end of the third quarter, both teams with one score. Ubley scores in the fourth to make this a 20-20 ball game. 
Still now two receivers to the left, wing back on either side, man in motion, that's DeBar, and he rolls to his right, no one out there. He's looking down to pass, now he's going to keep it for himself, and he gets down close to the end zone, touchdown, Whiteford. Shea Ruddy runs it in from seven yards out with a minute 59 left in the fourth quarter, and the Whiteford Bobcats have retaken the lead, 26-20, to with minute 59 remaining in regulation. This one is not over yet, but a two-point conversion upcoming here for Whiteford. Could make this a tall task for the Ely Bearcats with two minutes remaining. It's a really good play call because you give your very athletic, very dynamic quarterback plenty of options. They sell play action, run to the left, roll him out to the right. There is one option to throw it to, and he knows right away if he's covered, he's got to keep it for himself and stay in bounds. He's able to just barely get the edge and punch in a crucial touchdown. It's a quarterback keeper around the right side. He's going to have to find the edge. He did, and he gets the pile on. Two-point conversion is good. It's now an eight-point lead, 28-20, to 20, with a minute 59 left in the regulation as Shea Ruddy hits the pylon. That has to be reviewed because that's going to be very, very close whether his knee was out of bounds at the one-and-a-half-yard line before he hits that pylon. So we're watching the replay here on the big screen. He's going to run over to his right side. He has Seth Maurer outruns him. Now that's the touchdown there. So we're still waiting on the two-point conversion. As it's a very poor angle here, but it's the first one they can get. Dave, you might be right. As Seth Maurer was trying to track him down, same exact play. Rolls to his right. This is going to be a better review here. As he's going down, reaches out, and he was out of bounds. bounds. He was out of bounds. That is a two-point conversion failure. That two-point conversion is no good. Previous play is under review. There we go, folks. That is why the play and rules are there. That is why that happens. That two-point conversion is no good. So Shea Ruddy is going to step out of bounds before he crosses the plane. He lunges out. He's, and out, before, of he's out of bounds. He's out of bounds. He is well out of bounds by a foot. His width of his foot is completely on the white of the out Where's of the bounds marker. Where's the football at that time? He is a half a I yard short. Out he is out of bounds by about a half a yard. That two-point conversion is no good. From our perspective, that two-point conversion. I said it right after you made you the can, call. You can see where his foot was. You can, black. but you could not tell. The runner tell. stepped out of bounds yes, before the ball hit the pylon. No good for the try. How's that for some momentum on your side? It's a six-point ball game. 26 to 20. Two-point conversion fails. That just makes this game that much more interesting because now the Ugly Bearcats have a minute 59 to get down the field and score, and then all they have to do is tack on that extra point. No need to force that two-point conversion to steal this one and go home with some hardware, Clark. Whiteford, seven minutes, 42 seconds on that drive. 17 plays over 80 yards. In for the score, Shea ready on the quarterback keeper. Two-point conversion, though, most importantly, fails as he stepped out of bounds. The review there for a reason, and that is why that is there. So it's a minute 59 remaining, folks. Do not go step away from your radio. Do not step away from your smartphone. This one is coming down to the wire. The Ugly Bearcats have been gritty all season. 26 to 20. Whiteford leading with a minute 59. They're going to squib this one down and to Aiden Makoviak's hands of the 27. He runs forward out to the 35. So good field position for the Bearcats to start this drive with a minute 54 remaining in regulation. 65 yards between them and the end zone in a Brett Mueller PAT to win the state championship.
Well, how else would you rather have it? Oh, you, this is fantastic. You choose your destiny, right? You have just under two minutes to go. You have the ball. And you have ran it down their throats since the end of the first quarter. I know there's not a lot of time, but there are big plays to be had. Let's see what the Ugly Bearcats have in store in this two-minute drill to get down the field. They come out in the spread formation. Evan Prusky rolling to his left, looking to throw downfield. Now he's going to have to keep it for himself, and he's going to run out of bounds at about the 33-yard line for a loss of two. Loss of three back to the 32-yard line. So it stops the clock with a minute 49. I'm not, I, don't, I don't mind that. Stops the clock. Oh, it's a veteran play, right? So the Ugly Bearcats have a very good spread offense. I love talking with the kids off the air just in person because they talk about running the spread offense, but they will never tip their hand. They will never show it unless they absolutely have to. They feel very comfortable running it. It's run every day in practice at certain points throughout the day, and they love it. And they will run out of this scenario, but they love getting Evan Peruski sideline to sideline, attempting to make a throw down the field. And if not, they trust his legs and decision-making. That was a good one. You'll take a two-yard loss and stop that clock. Evan Peruski rolling to his right, looking downfield. Now he's going to scramble. He's going to throw this one downfield and this one is nearly intercepted the 40-yard line pass was intended for Mark Heilig and there's good coverage there from Hunter DeBar the 40 of Whiteville Whiteford falls incomplete it's now going to be a third down and 13 from their own 32-yard line with a minute 41 remaining in regulation yeah that was good coverage there Mark Heilig had to play defensive back and to be honest, there's a possibility of offensive pass interference. That's how hard he had to go back to the ball and make sure that it falls incomplete. That time, though, I wish Evan Peruski would have kept the ball. There was quite a bit of running room up the right side. He had 68. Parker Peruski as a lead blocker to pick up the linebacker. I think he could have got a nice gain and got out of bounds because now your back is against the wall on third down and a long 12. Two to the right, one to the left. Evan Peruski with Mark Heiling to his right. No, that is uh, Aiden Mikoviak. And we have a timeout called by the Ubley Bearcats with a minute 41 remaining in the fourth quarter. That's Ubley's second timeout, so they have one remaining with a minute 41 remaining. That's a tough one to use, but you, this is a very important play. You have to get something. You can't just throw it incomplete. You can't just run it out of bounds to, to stop the clock for the next play. You need that first down, so you got to be looking for a chunk gain here, something in the 8 to 10 range minimum to bring up fourth down and manageable for this offense. And the crowd goes silent. In the cathedral, that is Ford Field. We saw a close one yesterday between the Buffalo Bills and Detroit Lions. And this time, it's the Whiteford Bombcats in Ugly Bearcats in the first of eight divisions to play for the state championship here this weekend. Division, the even divisions today, Division 8, 2, 6, and 4. And then tomorrow, 7, 1, 5, and 3. Impressive showing from both sides here. The Ugly Bearcats, though, trail by seven points, six points, excuse me, 26 to 20, with a minute 41 remaining in the fourth quarter. What a great ball game there, Clark, and this is exactly what you wanted. You would love to see these state championship games be competitive from the minute we get here to the second we leave, and that's exactly what Whiteford and Ubley have put on a good show to get this state championship series of games started. Now, the Ubley Bearcats are not done yet. Minute 41 to go, and it's third down and long. Peruski going to keep it for himself. Cuts up field, and he's going to be meet immediately. He's across the 35 and out to about the 37-yard line, and Ubley's going to have to use their last timeout with a minute 35 left. Tackle made by outside linebacker Drew Neggs. 
So from the 32 out to the 37, a gain of five. Fourth and eight now for Evan Bruski and the Bearcats as they huddle up using their last final timeout in the second half, trailing by six points. And, and you got to use it now because this play determines your fate. You have to get a first down if you want to continue this drive and have that chance to get down the field and score and try to take that go-ahead lead. But it starts right here on fourth down and eight. And this is a long ways for them to scramble. Whiteford now knows after three straight plays out of the shotgun formation, out of the spread offense, that they're going to roll Peruski one way or the other. If they could take away his passing lanes, then they can swarm to him and try to cut him down. Peruski's may have to make the throw of his career right here. If Ubley needs, if can get a first down, it's going to be that way. Minute 35 remains. Fourth and eight from their own 37-yard line. Ubley in their road, white uniforms, black pants, black helmets, black face masks, black numbers, orange outline. Right to left across your radio. They are huddled up. They're going to send Mark Heilig wide to the left. One to the right, two to the right. That is Logan or Luke Vollmering and Seth, Seth Maurer. Maurer. In the backfield, Aiden Makoviak, best blocker in the business. Off of Peruski's left hip. Rolling immediately to his left. He's going to be in trouble. Throws this downfield. He's going to have to heave this one up. And this is going to be incomplete for Mark Heilig. Double coverage there. And that's going to be a turnover on downs and giving the ball back to Whiteford with a minute 28 left in the fourth quarter. He had blue jerseys in the backfield immediately, and he did his best to chuck that one downfield as the best that he possibly could do and far more better than anyone. He let that one fly, and it was right by, right by Mark Heilig, but he had two blue jerseys underneath of Heilig, who batted that one away, knocked it down, and the only Bearcats are going to fall short here in the state championship by one possession, 26 to 20. No timeouts remain for the Bearcats, and they'll come out here in the genuflect offense. God, ah, tough break there by the Bearcats. Whiteford created pressure early on that play, and Prusky does exactly what he has to do, give your receiver a chance down the field. Unfortunately, there was double coverage there as well. Knowing he's a left-handed quarterback, they brought pressure that way. He rolled right into it, so he just backed up, bought himself a split second, heaved it downfield, and, and Mark Heilig elevated, had a chance, but it deflected off some hands and falls incomplete, and with that incompletion should come an end to the Bearcats' great run this season leading up the Ford Field. Certainly doesn't put a bad mark on this run to the Ford Field as one kneel already for Whiteford. And another one upcoming here, less than a minute to play. 13-0 entering this game. Obli rolled their way through the entire season. Start to finish, and they met their match here in the state championship against Whiteford. Falling short, 26-20. As we now have less than 30 seconds left, one more stamp, snap for Whiteford as Jenna Stambaugh and a couple other seniors in. are checking other into seniors the game. ball game for Ubley. Very classy move here. Hate to see this way end, but that's the way football happens sometimes. Congratulations to the Whiteford Bobcats as they secure their second state title in school history. And the pilgrimage and journey for the Ubley Bearcats will continue to find that every elusive trophy that is known as the state championship trophy. Final score, Whiteford 26, Ubley 20. Had their hands full all day. When it came down to it, just wasn't quite enough. 
Yeah, what, what, what a great game, Clark. I mean, just everything we could have asked for, except for one obviously very important thing, and that would be an ugly victory. But, uh, hey, ugly, ugly got behind early. Whiteford come out and threw the first punch, and the ugly Bearcats recovered, got back into this game, brought it back to even. And, uh, like I said, it was who had the ball last, and in this case, Whiteford had it last when it mattered. The ugly Bearcats had to go to this, the spread formation, something they just don't do very often, and just... That did not work, just didn't have anything going. You have to get on the tee, you have to make plays and get Evan Pruski moving. Whiteford did a good job of smothering out those desperate acts with under two minutes to go. And he said they had every chance to come back and win this game. They made the correct changes throughout the game, but an evenly fought game. Whiteford had that ball at that right moment, punched in that touchdown to take that late lead. And that was enough to overcome the ugly Bearcat comeback. Both teams shaking hands, the entire staff for both sides as well. As you go from the highest, highest of highs to the lowest of lows in just a matter of a few minutes. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. When we return, we'll wrap this whole thing up from Ford Field in the Division 8 State Championship going in favor of the Whiteford Bobcats. You're listening to Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Your postgame show coming up next. We had better news, but it's still an extremely proud season for the LB Bearcats, finishing the year at 13 and 1, falling just short by six points, one possession to Whiteford in the state championship 26 to 20. It was a close game all the way through 12 0, 12 to 6, 20 to 13, 26 to 20. Dave Hansen, how much tells how we got to those specifics? It started with uh, Whiteford scoring first on 100 to bar, 26-yard touchdown run. The two-point run would be short, 6-0 early lead for Whiteford. Whiteford would actually score again in the first quarter, this time Shea Ruddy on a one-yard run. His two-point conversion run would come up short at the end of the first quarter. It was all Whiteford, 12-0 early. Second quarter, though, all Bearcats. The only score was a Mark Heilig three-yard touchdown run. Brett Mueller PAT was wide left, but going to the half, it would be Whiteford 12 and Ubley 6. In the third quarter, Whiteford would strike first on another Hunter DeBar touchdown run. This one from four yards away. He would also, Ruddy would tack in the two-point conversion. And with seven minutes to go in the third quarter, Whiteford has a 20-6 lead. Ubley would respond with a Seth Maurer 31-yard touchdown run. Brett Mueller would knock in the PAT. And at the end of the third quarter, Whiteford would still lead 20-13. to The Ubley Bearcats would get that stop, and Seth Maurer would score again, this time from nine yards out. Mueller makes the PAT, and with nine and a half minutes to go, this game is all square at 20 apiece. But Whiteford, a long, slow drive, grinds out a seven-yard touchdown run by quarterback Shea Ruddy. His two-point conversion was overturned and ruled short and no good. But with a minute 59 to go, Ubley would get the football back, trailing Whiteford 26-20. to And just a few plays later, Ubley would turn it over on downs, and the Whiteford Bobcats, Ottawa Lake, Whiteford Bobcats would hold on to defeat the Ugly Bearcats for their second state championship in school history with a score of 26 to 20. 
and their second title since 2017. Whiteford with 70 plays of offense for 344 Mike yards test, and four one, two, scores. Three, four, five. Mike test. Uh, yep, we know the Mike. mics work here still. So at the LB Bearcats with 47 plays. So 23 less plays and 79 yards less. That's 265 for the day in three scores. Ubley did have two turnovers. Whiteford did have one turnover, which resulted in a score for the Ubley Bearcats. The first turnover came two plays into the game, which resulted in a score for Whiteford and really set the tone early. And Ubley had to play catch up the rest of the way out a little bit. However, they fought back. They tied the game 20 to 20 going down to the last minutes with 941 left in the fourth quarter and it was tied then it's when whiteford does a seven minute and 42 second drive down the field in 80 yards capped off with a seven yard quarterback keeper two-point conversion was overturned no good as he stepped out of bounds and then nobly couldn't convert on fourth down throwing it downfield almost in the hands of mark heilig falls incomplete and whiteford hangs on to win seth mauer Certainly your Thompson Chevrolet player of the game here today with 15 carries, 128 yards, and two touchdowns. Carried the ball 36% of the time and averaged eight and a half yards per carry for the LB Bearcats. Mark Heilig, 18 carries, 82 yards and a score. Evan Bruski, seven carries, 36 yards and one fumble early in that game. Aiden Makoviak, two carries for three yards. The Whiteford Bobcats led by Hunter DePar, number four. 20 carries for 93 yards and two scores. Shea Ruddy, 17 carries, 68 yards. And the other two scores, Drew Neggs, fullback, 7 carries, 37 yards. Jake Ayat, 12 carries for 26 yards. And Lewis Trejo, 1 carry for 5 yards. And, and don't leave out Shea Ruddy in the passing game. 9 of 13 through the air. He did have an interception that cost uh, Whiteford a touchdown later, but 115 yards, completing 69% of his passes. Uh, he looked good, and he completed all six attempts to Colby Masseran for 80 yards. Hunter DeBar caught two of his three targets for 32 yards, and Ryan Ruddy caught two of his three targets for just two yards. But that passing game was a difference. But for me, Shea Ruddy was the difference maker specifically for Whiteford because they asked him to carry this team past that Bearcat defense, and he come up with some big passes, and I think it started with Todd Deacon's big-time call right near midfield, that fourth down and a long four, and he dials up a play-action pass play, and they get about eight on that completion. That set the tone for Whiteford. They grinded it down the field and ran the clock out, but Shea Ruddy come up with a big pass, and he had a couple really gritty runs where he made a guy miss and was able to turn a short gain into a modest or a bigger gain that kept churning the chains over for Whiteford, especially late in that drive. And then passing the ball, Evan Bruski one for five for 16 yards and one interception. Mark Holly brought in that reception for 16 yards. Luke Vollmer had four targets on the day. Luke Vollmer one target, no receptions. Leading the defensive attack, Obley had 56 tackles, six tackles for a loss and one interception and one tip pass. Whiteford had 39 tackles, one interception, one tip pass and one fumble recovery. Jake Iatt, middle linebacker, Leads the team in tackling, leads the school in school history in tackling with nine tackles on the day. Shea Ruddy, seven tackles and an interception. And Hunter DeBar had the other interception. Lean the way for the LB defense. Aiden Makoviak, 11 tackles and one tackle for a loss. Cannon Bruski, also 10 tackles. So Makoviak ends the season with one more tackle than Cannon Bruski. Neck and neck. This is just the best linebacking core in the thumb. They were tied going into today. They were tied going into today. Caden Ozentoski, six tackles, as well as Chris Oswald and Mark Heilig. Each Oswald and Heilig with one tackle for a loss. M. Bruski, four tackles, one tackle for a loss, and one interception. Heilig had the one tip pass. So, Dave Hansen, that brings an end to our season here. And we have all five of us back in the booth as we were able to, well, frankly, we just marched right back in with Kendall, Kendall Anthos and Dan, uh, Dan Banky 
who uh, unfortunately had to watch the game from the sidelines. So Dan Benke can let this house the game down from the second row. It was a very, very good uh, place to sit, actually. All of the touchdowns but one was in our in our face. So we got to see everything up nice and close and personal. And Unlike us. Yes, yes. You guys uh, were looking from a distance. So. But, well, in Kendall, internship that kind of fell in our lap. You, you approached us after with the Cass City game. I don't remember who they were yep. playing. Was that the Cass City Harbor Beach game? I believe so. Uh, I believe so one yeah. of those games. And you said, hey, I need an internship. Can I? Can I? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you can carry our 200-pound box. Absolutely. <laughs> and Ke- Kendall, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on air with us this entire year. It's not a, now. We don't go to the state championship every year. That, Dave, that's Dave, not how it works. That, that's how oh, it happened for guaranteed. Dave. It, it took him 10 years to get back. Oh, so, okay. but it's been an absolute pleasure having you on well, you with our crew having, today. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, opened up my eyes to a whole different line of work, and uh, it was a great time traveling around with you guys. Didn't really. Got to meet some new people. I mean, some that I never probably would have hung out with, but here we are, and two weeks in a row, a couple road trips. Had a great time. Yeah, so Petoskey, I thank you. Petoskey, last week when we, we just got confirmation that you finally thawed out from yep. that game. <laughs> my, toes so are, my toes are finally warm. That's good. <laughs> Dan Banky, of course, this wraps up, I think, your sixth year with us I now. think so, yes. And uh, the best spotter, when we say the best spotter in the business, folks, we truly mean it. Dan Banky, you are the absolute best. You have your own football spotting school, <laughs> right? Right. Which I'm not sure what the address is on that one, yes. but the Dan Banky Football School of Football Spotting is the real deal. You are the absolute real deal. We, Doug, though, I mean, he must have been taking in some pointers. He must doing online schooling today because he did a pretty good job of spotting for us from high afar here at the seventh level above the field. And well, Dan, good. it's always great to have you. Yeah, good work there, Doug. Thank you. Appreciate it. Rubbed uh, off a little bit, too. Yeah, I did my best. Of course, you're a lot better than I am, but we were a little shorthanded, and uh, all three of us did our part up here, and we just missed you, too. And clearly, we, another student of the game for you. So just yeah. uh, keep in mind, right, we're right. recruiting just, more yes, just for your yeah. school. Yes. What I was trying to think of earlier, Dave, Dave, was the Hunger Games. It felt like just we kept losing a, a, a <laughs> member of our, our crew as with every drive. And we went from five to four to three to we weren't sure if Doug was going to make it back after halftime. <laughs> and here we are. Uh, but it's, it's been a great time. Of course, Doug Cole, we can't thank you enough for driving all the way from Livonia every single week up to the thumb this week. You had a, what, a 20-minute drive. Yes. But uh, it's it's always great to have you. You're wrapping up your 10th year with us. I'm, it's I'm my 10th year, yep. It's uh, so great to uh, be at Ford Field after uh, nine years. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's hope uh, we get to be here more often. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of great teams in the Thumb region, so we'll, we'll see what happens in the future. And, of course, who wasn't with us today was Ed Klump. He joined us what, three times this season. It always brings a ball of energy to our broadcast and of roaming the sidelines. We broke enough MHSA regulations today. We didn't need to have Ed Klump on the sidelines. There's about 16 regulations they send out. 14 of those regard no sideline reporters. So we figured, okay, we'll cut our losses there. And Ed Klump's listening from afar. And that leaves Dave Hansen. In-game analysis for 12 years now. 11 years. I'm 12. You're 12. I'm I'm 12. You're 11 years. That's what it is. And I can't imagine anyone else but by my side, Dave Hansen, for the past 11 years. It's been an absolute, a, absolute pleasure. I think with all the policing they had going on up here, I think Ed would have been just fine down there. So <laughs> just, I'll, just, I'll throw that out there That's right now. But, uh, but, yeah, we've, we've had a really great uh, great time, and I wouldn't do it if it wasn't for that. We have enjoyed doing it. We've met a lot of people, and we've seen a lot of great players come through at all, all different schools, and we've got to call some great games from a lot of different places, and uh, Petoskey was a new one. We got to check off the bucket list this year. Yeah. Uh, what an experience that was. We'll yeah. never forget. So, uh, yeah, we've seen some classic games, and this one's right up there with some of the best games we've ever seen. Maybe it didn't uh, work out the way we wanted it to go, and certainly uh, 
You know, the LB Bearcats have nothing to hang their hats on. They fought and battled hard. We wanted to see them do it. They, they did. They showed us that they, they can beat anybody. And yeah, you could watch these teams play again tomorrow. That, that oh, was be that great. fun to watch. So, uh, yes, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, you know, it's always a glad you reeled me in way back when because yeah. uh, I was, was not really very uh, – uh, I was pretty hesitant to join the, the crew at that time of, of two, me and you. Yes, yes. And um, it's evolved a lot since then, and it's, it's a lot of fun, and otherwise I wouldn't do it. Yeah, it's been 12 years now for me on air, and – Every year we've been building, we've been building our infrastructures, our systems are in place, and it feels like this year. It's taken a dozen years, and my wife says I just buy cables every single week. <laughs> just more Amazon packages show up of cables. And it feels like this year we finally met the level of quality that I've always been seeking. And we finally got 14 weeks in the season. We got here to the state championship. We're here from Fort Field. We look like CBS Sports. <laughs> we've got our sport coats on. Everything's clicking. And I just, I can't thank you guys enough for all of the work that you've done I for so long. I think that made it easy for MHSA to... Yeah, we, we were kind of... Uh, <laughs> they knew exactly where we were uh, targets, all day long. Targets, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll leave them alone. Yeah, I will say that. But, no, it's been an absolute pleasure having all of you guys on the sideline, in the booths, crammed, spacious out, no matter where we're going. We've traveled about 1,200, 1,500 uh, miles together this year, and it's sad to see it come, but uh, it's come to an end. But at the same time... Looking forward to some refreshing times in the month of December. Then I'll be back on air with basketball with Steve Bow. So thank you, guys. Can't thank you enough. Yeah, we thank you, too, man. He makes yeah. this, uh, this is a lot of fun. And like I said, it, anytime panic happens, and, you know, <laughs> it happened again today, and it happens at the worst of times, but uh, you find a way to get it figured out in a hurry, and, and that, that's very important because uh, you don't want dark air for too long. And <laughs> it seems to happen in the most crucial moments, and today it was just kind of one thing after the other, very much 100-game style. Whew. But uh, we survived, and uh, great work as always. We enjoy uh, being here with you and taking good care of us and setting us up, and we had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. most certainly. Yeah. Well, gentlemen. Thank you again. We'll see you in the fall. And as always, unless Fox Sports or ESPN calls, we'll be back on air next year <laughs> as well. Today's game broadcast was brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Anger Valley Services, DS Services of Cassidy for all of your grain handling needs. Conic Radiator and Air Conditioning of Bad Axe, Rainy Sunny Center, 269 Guns, North Star Bank guiding the way here on Auto Parts, Countryside Transportation, Bayport State Bank, Ubley Motor Service, Miguelski Funeral Home, McVeigh Insurance Agency, Nate Nutrien Egg Solutions, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and Sure Health. Better health, better life, are you sure? Well, I certainly am, and I'd like to thank you for listening all season long. It's been a long 14 weeks, and congratulations to the LB Bearcats for being the state runners-up in 2022. On behalf of the entire crew, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Dan Banky, Kendall Anthes, and Ed Klump, I'm Clark Ramsey. Thank you for listening. We'll see you for basketball right around the end of the, right after the first of the year. We'll be kicking things off for basketball with Steve Bone and Clark Ramsey. We can't thank you enough for hanging with us for the last 14 weeks. From the highs of 80s down to the 30s last week to the cool temperatures of Fort Field. Thank you for listening and so long. This has been a presentation of the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri Valley Services on Sports Radio 102.1 FM and live and worldwide at WLEWsports.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search for WLEW Sports. Your home for high school football is the WLEW Sports Network. <laughs>